Hello and welcome to Abnormal Mapping episode 146. I'm your host, M, and with me is my regular host, Jackson. Hello. And special guest, Dia. Hi. We're here to talk about some fucking video games. Gaming is happening. That's it. Um, Dia, you've been on the show enough that I don't need to, like, intro who the hell you are. What have you been playing? I played Diablo 4. Uh, how's Diablo 4? Diablo 4 is um, not great, but uh, it's a Diablo. You can play it. I, I will. It's still too slow unless you're playing multiple, unless you're playing with friends. Um, uh, it's too big. There's too much overworld and not enough dungeon. Um, it's not spooky. It's not scary. It doesn't make you feel like you're, you know, uh, dying anytime soon or like the threat of death. Um, you will die because you'll just stop paying attention to the UI and just like be like, oh, I forgot to use a healing potion because that's how you die in Diablo. You never die for any good reason. Um, looks really nice. Like they really have like hit the point where, uh, custom like hundred thousand dollar Warhammer tabletop scenery looking levels and shit. Um, if you were reviewing this for a magazine, say Paste Magazine, what number would you give it? I'd give it a six out of ten. <laughs> Weird. Okay. Um, yeah, I also <laughs> played a bit of Diablo this month, uh, but specifically, I played Diablo two and three, and I started for, but I started for like what six, seven hours before Final Fantasy unlocked. So I didn't play much Diablo four. You need to add me on Battle Pass, though. Uh, battle or battle net, not battle pass. I, I will, I will add it because after after Final Fantasy, I will be going back to Diablo. Um, <laughs> and um, on my Diablo journey, I I thought two. Here, so I thought two was okay um, because I played it once, right? Uh, and my problem was, as I'm as a human being who generally plays video games once, uh, Diablo two is fucking boring because you can't change your goddamn build. Which I understand is like the part of Diablo, right? You make new characters, you do new builds. But the entire joy of the game is experimenting with your build and doing different things. So the inability to respec meant that like I wasn't engaging with the video game. I was just using the one skill that worked on everything the entire game the whole way through. Uh, so, at, yeah. Here's the funny thing. Diablo is not about like the, the, the fixed character model. It's not. It's not a thing that Diablo's ever done. Diablo 1, your skills and abilities, you bought spells or found them, and you could swap them in at will. Uh, you know, most skills would be found on your weapons and armor. You just change them out with your weapons and armor. Oh, but with, Diablo with... 3 is like, you know, toggle them whenever you fucking yes. want. So I, I played 2 and 3 together, and like, I, I thought 2, like, the atmosphere was fun, and I saw the like potential of enjoying the dungeon running, but because of the like no respec system, uh, I didn't really enjoy going through 2. I wish that, like, because uh, I played it on Xbox on um, uh, just just on the offline mode. I wish the offline mode. Get, I understand why balance wise on like the ladders or whatever. I don't care about uh, why they like keep the systems the way they do uh, as to like not allow you to completely change your build every five minutes. But I wish there was a casual mode of like I'm not here for the thousand hour version. I want the condensed version of this game where I can try a few different builds in one playthrough. You know, maybe change up my way every axe and not just use Inferno the whole way through because Inferno always works. Um, <laughs> And so that was my uh, Diablo 2 experience. And then I played 3, um, and I thought, like, tonally and writing-wise, may have been the worst video game ever made. Uh, it has genuinely, genuinely atrociously bad writing. It's it's next-level bad. No, uh, Metzen's last hurrah is fucking, like, impenetrably bad. 
Uh, what does that mean? That was Metzen got his fingers all up on Diablo three, and then I think didn't he peace out after that? Oh, was that his luck? Because was... the entire so Diablo one and two. Because uh, I I watched some lore of Diablo one and didn't play. I played for like five minutes and was like, I'm not doing this. And I watched some lore of Diablo one, uh, and then went into two instead. Um, yeah. And Diablo one and two, I don't I don't think the stories are like good. It's a capital G good, but I think they have like a vibe. Uh, and they're interesting enough and it's more importantly evocative enough that like when uh, the guy in the prison cell is like to the east always to the east i'm like damn that's cool uh i just think they have a cool vibe um i like the ending of diablo 2 because at the end of diablo 2 uh Tyrael shatters the world stone and you're like fuck that's cool what's a world stone i don't know what does this mean and i was expecting and they're like they basically say all oh, this means that like the powers of uh heaven and hell can access earth more uh and this was going to meet like it's basically going to make earth very unstable was the way that diablo 2 ended and it was a very exciting and propulsive ending i get to i get to three and what it turns out what it actually means is one person your playable character has become a fucking world of warcraft chosen one super guy and everyone's like wow nephilim you're so cool your dick's so big we all love you so much nephilim please save us uh <laughs> and that's every single npc's line to you for the eight hours of that campaign it's intolerable they're like pushing me so hard i'm like who am i i'm, I'm no one uh they killed deckard kane it's really boring diablo's a hot sexy girl now and it's really boring i'm like man this is what i would have made up in 2010 to parody blizzard writing it's that bad my, my favorite thing about diablo 2 or diablo 3 with like diablo because you know it's like leah you know yes is becomes the diablo form so we get like we have like alien rules where like you know diablo becomes like a sexy woman but then diablo can't deal with that diablo gets like transpanicked about himself <laughs> and then just becomes fucking like big manly diablo because yes. chris messen is like such a little bitch uh she's the prime evil now all the prime evils live in the stone and i'm like this is the- i think so here's the other thing is i think the lore of diablo um I was about to say it's bad, but I don't even mean that. I think there are con- concepts in the lore of Diablo that I find interesting. And this, is, this goes on to the start of 4, which I started playing, and I uh, think it is... My initial impressions of 4 is that I think the um, uh, level scaling and the like world stuff is so badly tuned to be a uh, infinite content meal that it just very transparently makes it pointless to play. But I will say, if you're going to accept just being on a treadmill, I enjoyed being a rogue and setting my traps and having fun playing the video game. So I will do that uh, with my friends for a while. Uh, but I, I started it, and it has a different... T- like, okay, we understand that Diablo 3 fucking sucked, and everyone hated this. We're going to change the story and change the tone and make it all grimdark again. And they kind of do, but they still have the problem where the lore of Diablo now all just fucking sucks, because while the concepts are cool, uh, it's too wikiified. Every single person, every NPC in Diablo 4 uh, and 3 or so, but there's like a problem 4 inherits from 3, uh, they all know about the eternal conflict. Why do they know about the eternal conflict? Who, like, and people say, like, oh, it's because, you know, the angels keep coming down to Earth. But I understand how this happened. But, like, shit keeps going wrong in Dark Souls for everyone. And there's a constant cycle of everything going wrong forever. Uh, but you don't, like, show up and there's, like, two people saying, by the way, I serve this god. Who's like, is this all, you know, spelled out for you in a way where I'm like, I, it's no longer an evocative story about demons fucking with Earth. It's a story about Transformers factions and the things they're doing. Um yeah. Well, like, it's very, it's like, yeah. it's so funny because like, um, I don't know if you've seen um, Big Big Daddy in, in Diablo 4 yet, but like, he is the most image comics from like 1997 ass character design you've ever seen. Uh, who, like the, the Diablo 4 Diablo design? No, um, Inarius. 
Oh, I haven't seen Inaris. I know there's people... a big statue of him in the main in the first main yeah. city you get to, and he Pe- like he gets, I think he's mentioned in Diablo three, but like, um, uh, he has like the most fucking Image Comics looking design you've ever seen in even like a even like an even like a Blizzard game. Like mm-hmm. it's just ridiculous. Um, th- which is like just yeah, there we are. I think the thing that like sums up why i hate diablo writing is that uh the high heavens and the burning hells uh are the, their names that's their, their, their capital letters names it's not it's not the or oh, they say burning hells right because it's hell no it's like when someone is saying high heavens they are saying high heavens hh you know capitalized that's what the law place is called no one will call it anything else no one will have an evocative name for it uh that's just what it is on the wiki and it, it just feels so it just feels so stripped of like Diablo one and two are weird games about a te- you it, you mostly see it from the perspective of the town and then like the different towns you progress through for two uh and some angels and demons get involved and it's just a bit weird um i think everyone fully i think they give you too much understanding of the the stakes of the play because uh, it just becomes boring it's like yeah. if uh shinji was constantly going on about the first ancestral race right like that's the thing it's like they I, it feels like they really want to like mine all of this like weird like catholic esoterica and like you know judaica to like you know fill out this weird like ooh angels and demons blah 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 catholicism they don't have any like they don't understand what makes those things compelling to mine from in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing mythical about it. There's Yeah, there's nothing. It's just, this is what it is. And it's like, no, no, no. Hell needs to have 50 fucking different names. Right. Like, like otherwise, we don't care. Like, if everyone knows what the score is, it doesn't fucking matter. And I already played, like, like I said, I already played a little bit of Diablo 4, but it does show up, begin with Lilith being like, the church sucks, uh, and make want you all to be pussies. Let the fucking and sucking commence. Uh, and I'm like, I she is she meant to be a bad guy? Because <laughs> all she does no. is make them kill a really bad, annoying priest. That's that's the thing. Like Lilith is such a good character and just absolutely ruined. Um, I was like, I honestly, I was like really tempted to give Diablo like a two out of ten because of just how disgusted I was by the time I got to the end of the campaign. Uh well, that's. And Chris Metzen can't be blamed for it. Like, it's the thing. I got to him and I'm like, no, you guys did this. Chris Metzen isn't in on this. This is you. That's uh, something to look forward to for me, I guess. I'm I'm curious how that wraps up because I definitely find... Uh, there's definitely a lot of Diablo 2 with me where, like, um, someone will just say something that is a true critique of, like, the actions of heaven or whatever, right? I'll say, like, they're, they're manip- they are manipulating Sanctuary just as much as everyone else. And then... In three, like the Nephilim just goes, don't believe their lies. And then the answer is, you shouldn't believe them. They're, they're, they're demons. They're lying to you. You should just kill the demons. I'm like, well, why bring in the fake nuance <laughs> in the first place if the answer is their demons just kill all the demons? Uh, it's weird. I have it. Tyrael's still a fu- Tyrael becoming a fucking regular guy was so weird. Why is Tyrael just a dude now? <laughs> oh, hey, I'm Tyrael. No, you're going to get to the end of the first capstone dungeon and you're going to be like, wait, how does this actually resolve anything? Uh, it's really yeah. It's um, I'm also excited to see what you think of all of the de- all of the bosses in uh, Dark Soul or <laughs> Dark Souls. in Diablo being um, motherfucking. They're not even Dark Souls bosses. They're all Final Fantasy fourteen bosses. Uh, well, I've had enough of those for one lifetime in the last two days. Yeah. So um, uh, that's oh, good. Oh, the bosses in are the bosses in sixteen 
Oh, you want to have some like little icons on the floor where a damage is about to, you have to get out of the way before the damage hits you? Uh, you've, you've got that. 16's got you covered. Diablo 4's got you covered. It's the hot new thing in video games. Fucking hate it. Because, uh, yes. I'd rather just circle around and stab things in the ass. Uh, Diablo 4 and Final Fantasy 16 are both extremely on the MMO boss design stuff. Uh, and they also both have uh, Ralph Innocent as your main homie. So it's very distracting. <laughs> no uh, but yeah. So sorry to butt in there. So I've also played Diablo. That's my uh, contribution. So thank you. What have you been playing, Em? Uh Okay. <laughs> I would like to point people to, uh, I was on Nolan New last month to talk about Private Idol, uh, which I don't think I've ever, I talked about it in normal mapping because I don't think I'd started it by the time we recorded last time, uh, which is a uh, PC Engine CD uh, visual novel slash RPG that uh, was very good about a uh, aspiring actress who has to solve a bunch of murders. Uh, it's a great video game. People should play it. Had a recent English translation. It's fully voiced. It's very charming. It kind of is like a RPG maker vibe. Um, but it's from like 1995. Listen to it uh, on Novel Not New on uh, on Scanline Media, and uh, that's a Patreon show. Uh, but it's good. Um, people should check that out. Um, anyway, let's talk about the games I've dropped <laughs> this uh, this month because this month I was doing a lot of sampling well, and I- found some games I didn't want to continue playing. Okay, I was going to say there are definitely games in this that you didn't drop on i know there are games here that are probably don't deserve this you just weren't in the right mood for it but there's probably some that do deserve it so let's go so first off is chorves uh chorus the the spacecraft video game oh right it's not actually called chorves <laughs> it's not actually called chorves um uh, which is uh purports to be like a free flight uh video game and i guess it is that you are flying around an area but it's basically what if what if a small scale rpg was played entirely from the perspective of you're in a spaceship um it is a lot of going around this little like asteroid belt doing side quests and missions and stuff um and most of those missions are go through this maze and fight some guys and open some gates by doing some like drift shooting targets puzzles um i thought it was fine but kind of simple uh i was i wish it played more like a real spaceship game it does not it it just play it plays like you're driving a car basically and that's not how i want my spaceships to go um but if you're interested in that weird mashup uh you, you know it's fine um and then the other game i dropped was a plague tale requiem the second plague tale game uh which i played the first one a couple months ago and liked it and i was like oh the second game um this one just didn't hit for me there's too much fiddly puzzle stuff immediately of um it seems like they really figured out their like guards versus rats stealth puzzle thing. But that was like the stuff I found least interesting about the first game. I mostly wanted a story where I climbed on buildings and through switches. Um, so I dropped that. Those are my two big drops. The other game I dropped is a sequel to a game I finished. I played alone in the dark, the uh, <laughs> 1992 PC, uh, I guess DOS game, uh, the originator of fixed perspective tank control, uh survival horror uh alone in the dark is a baffling game in which you are summoned to a evil ghost ridden mansion um and then have to escape it uh by doing a collection of like lock and key puzzles and fighting the single worst array of enemies i've ever seen in a video game uh because it controls like dog shit (laughs) alone in the dark's really cool 
in many ways. You immediately see the whole survival horror thing there. Um, I'm like, oh, Resident Evil just ripped this off wholesale, but like it's a fun game to play. I'm like Alone in the Dark, uh, where just to go into combat, you have to like open your menu, equip your weapon, come out of the menu, move to an attack stance, and then you can swing your weapon like three times, and then it breaks. And then you gotta like go back to your menu and take out your uh take turn off your weapon uh once you're done uh to go back into search mode because if you you use the same search button as you do attack button uh so if you're searching you can't be holding a weapon and i'm like i'm on a keyboard i've got like eight thousand keys here why or why is this a two button video game uh it's unfathomable also the combat's like weirdly like intense sometimes mm-hmm. there's a lot of enemies in that game considering you can't do anything about it it was 93, 92. How 92. Long? 92, yeah. 92. yeah. No, yeah. it was. They were figuring and a lot out. of them are just like, you can't actually fight this thing. It will one shot you. Yeah, um, yeah. No, it was brutal in French. That's all I remember of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's like, there's like neat stuff there. Uh, the end gets really like wobbly where there's a lot of like, oh, I, I didn't pick up this one thing like at the top of the house and I got to run all the way back and, uh, like some paths are now closed off. If I go down them, I'll die. And there's a bunch of platforming and the platforming is awful. Um, <laughs> Cause you actually have to like hold the, hold the jump button to like power up your jump or you won't make it like it's Prince of Persia or something. Um, Did you it has a charm. open the front door? Yeah. 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 <laughs> you will get totally destroyed. If you open the front door, I just love to um, you open the front door and it's just like, I'm fucking Nyarlathotep bitches. <laughs> yes. Uh, it has like a weird hidden like encumbrance mechanic where you can't pick up certain things if you if you hit your weight limit. But there's like no visual representation of that. You just have to try and be like, nope, you're too heavy. So you just have to put things down. But the way you drop things in this game is you just like fucking like straight line yeet every item like right ahead of you when you need to get it out of your inventory. Just like directly throw it against the wall where it falls down. Um, it's really silly. I found it very charming and it's kind of awful. Um, and both those things can be true. Uh, yes. And then I tried to play Alone in the Dark 2. <laughs> and Alone in the Dark 2 uh, opens with a, an enormous hedge maze where you're, you've got a Tommy gun and you're fighting like 17 zombies in a hedge maze. And I was like, no, I'm not doing this. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> uh, that's pretty funny. Yeah. So yeah, right. none of that. I think Alone in the Dark 2, that's the, that's the voodoo one. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. I, I didn't get that far into it, but... I think if I remember correctly, that one, that one, you get into voodoo, um, mm-hmm. which is oh, this not game great. did not even review well at the time. No, no, no. These were, yeah. were these were not. Yeah, first game like beloved classic. Immediately in the dark too. Like no, not this one. I would, I would, I would has it. Okay, it was not beloved at the time. It yes, was one that's of those fair. games at the time where we were all like, "What the fuck is this weird French shit?" Let's not play this anymore. It makes us feel bad about ourselves. Um, Until uh, Capcom was like, you know what? They were onto something. Like, yeah, Capcom came in and was like, wait, wait, we know how to do this, you guys. Hold on. Let's put a real video game in there. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would not be playing more Alone in the Dark, but that was that was my experiment. But now you got to watch um, the movies. You don't have to I've do seen that. the first one way back when. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I used to watch a lot of more bad movies before I had podcasts where I mostly focus on playing good things and watching good things. That's true. Yeah. Um, I played through uh, 2008 classic Battlefield Bad Company. Oh, you did do that, didn't you? Yeah. Yes. 
um, which I, I was just on Game Pass and I was like, I should play one of these. I've never played any of these Battlefield games. And it was the it was the earliest one that was on Game Pass. That is why I picked Bad Company um, and uh, it turned out to be a pretty good time. I really enjoyed Bad Company. If you don't know about Bad Company because you're uh, not. 35 uh oh no everyone knows about bad company everyone played bad company in high school no (laughs) um you uh are a squad of four like guys who suck in the army and you're caught in the middle of this like eastern european it's, it's really unclear i don't remember it's been weeks at this point um where uh the the leader of this co- this country uh ended up hiring some pmcs and then couldn't pay them so they decided to take over the country and you as uh disposable members of the u.s military decide you're gonna steal all the gold while the country is destabilized and go on a bunch of big missions um which mostly involve driving from two different points and then clearing out every enemy at said point uh, or running to the next like story checkpoint and then even though you haven't shot anybody it'll hit the cutscene all the enemies will disappear which is how i play the video game um and uh it's a really good time i i would never touch battlefield stuff before but the way it systematizes like driving around exploring as part of a story game uh worked really well until the very end where there's an impossible stupid boss fight for no good reason because like we need to end the video game it's like well i'm gonna stay on this roof and shoot a helicopter for 25 minutes and then the game will end uh, that's the 2008 promise. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, it was a good time. Uh, I've been playing some Street Fighter 6. Uh, that's just good. Having a great time. Yeah. I have very little to say about it. Uh, I mostly play as uh, Manon and Cammy, and I'm trying to get a good doll scene going. That's it. Nice. Gaming. Yep. Yeah. Um, I completed Citizen Sleeper. The oh, you did do that. The 2022 uh sci-fi rpg it's a, it is basically a tabletop module as a video game you roll some dice every day and uh, manage some energy and you spend those dice on activities that advance clocks on the space station mm-hmm. where you were stranded trying to save people as uh everything falls into societal decay i thought it was pretty good had a good time it's like really easy i i, I opened up i'm like i didn't realize this was a dice game i thought it was just a story game and i thought of um tharsis that like everyone's going to die in space a dice game from several years ago probably 10 years ago at this point mm-hmm. um i'm not gonna look up when tharsis was hang and on that's I'm a game that say I just... tharsis was 2016 well now you have to look it up now I'm let me know up. here we go tharsis was 2016 nice um anyway um that game was is extremely uh, you're gonna lose most of the games you play until you get good at it uh this i just basically like a third in i was like oh there's all of the pressures are gone because i've just figured out a way to like constantly regenerate energy fast enough to keep going um but the story is really good um this was compared a lot with like norco as the there can only be one good story game a year these two are fighting uh, which is dumb enjoy both video games they're both pretty good i think i like norco more but i'm more inclined to adventure games and tabletop modules mm-hmm. um and they announced a sequel so i was like, gonna get off my ass and play this and uh it's great even it and the dlc which was kind of like putting this to bed before the second game comes out is meant to be like a 1.5 sort of thing is explicitly what they said it was meant to be. Um, took me like under five hours. Very short video game. Nice. Um, yeah. Uh, liked it quite a bit. Um, the only thing I want to talk about is I played a little bit of cyberpunk 2077. This was on <laughs> sale and they're putting out that new expansion. And I played it like, eh, let's say like six or seven hours. And um, 
then read up on what the expansion was. I'm just going to wait for the changes coming to that game when the expansion hits. Um, Because Cyberpunk as a video game is like not particularly good. But I, I like I like it whenever I'm doing story missions. I'm like, there's stuff here. They should just made a fucking video game that you play for 12 hours and it ends. And they did not. Uh, I'm saying this about many games. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I was supposed uh, to review Cyberpunk 2077 and then I ended up in the hospital because my heart fucked up. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Cyberpunk 2077 was the game that almost killed you. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because all I thought of it was it was, just, it was boring and I felt like, you know, the... Um, I really loved like when they were like, like you know okay we got to plan this mission in the tutorial section I was like all right cool we're gonna fucking plan a mission let's do it yeah make decisions let's get data like look come on let's go and then like they're like well so this is what you're gonna do and I was like motherfucker you took the fun part for me have yeah. you never played a tabletop game of cyberpunk or Shadowrun or anything because this is the fun part you meant to plan the heist that's the fucking video like, game the, yeah like the planning the heist is the cool part and then you know, it goes wrong. But in a video game, it can't go wrong. <laughs> because if it goes wrong in a video game, you just die. And you do yeah, it over you, again. You can't, uh, friend of the table voice, roll a 7 to 10 in a video game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, which is a shame. But like I said, the, the changes seem interesting enough. Uh, I was listening to Remap's rundown of what some of those are going to look like. And I was like, I'll just wait and see that stuff propagate into the full game. Because um, when I bought it on sale, I bought the whole version. I was like, I'm just going to play the whole thing when I play it. So, yeah, I, I get to look that up because, like, it, it at least, like, kind of looked nice. And, like, yeah. the shooting was all right. Yep. Um, it was just like, I was like, well, why isn't this just like a straight shooter? Like, let's just, let's just, let's just do a, a 12 hour shooter. Come on. Yeah, I mean they're not doing that, but it like they are like it seems like they said they're taking armor out. Like they're not, you're not going to be having like you know you're not worrying about your gear in terms of like defense. Uh, all of the upgrades are changing from like stat like plus five to guns to like different movement and like mechanical changes. See, that's like what like it system. needed to be. Like yeah, because that, yeah. that was the thing. Like it was it was I don't care about I never care about percentage increases. Yes. Like, <laughs> Like, fuck, do not care. Game Club this month is Monkey Island 2 LeChuck's Revenge, uh, the LucasArts game from 1990, uh, directed by Ron Gilbert, um, written by a bunch of people, uh, Tammy Borowick, Dave Grossman, Brett Barrett, Tim Schafer, Ron Gilbert. Um, this is uh, one of the classics of adventure gaming. Um, I played it when the special edition dropped in 2010. God, that was a long time ago at this point. Um, and had not touched it since then. Um, 
Dia, you probably played this at the time, right? <laughs> yeah, I played this when it came out. Like, I yeah. was right there. And Jackson played it two weeks ago. It's <laughs> correct. Uh, so, Jackson, what happens in the video game? Oh, I did play two weeks ago. Well, so uh, after the events of the Secret of Monkey Island, uh, Guybrush is now uh, a legendary pilot, a pirate, by which he has one legend, and it's the story of the video game Secret of Monkey Island. <laughs> Uh, and he is searching for the treasure Big Whoop, uh, which is undefined but powerful treasure that no one's been able to find. Um, and he must. Uh, how did it actually go? He he he, he starts out on the island. Um, what's the island called? Scab Island. He has to get away from Largo, who is a uh, uh, like keep this island under um, like an embargo. The Largo embargo. Uh, and this is the first island of the game is, is uh, going back and forth on this island opening it up, getting off, beginning the actual exploration to look for Big Whoop uh, when you do finally look for Big Whoop uh, you are going between three islands back and forth, solving puzzles run briefly into um, uh, Elaine again, Elaine Marley uh, <laughs> after you broke up after the last game and their like relationship is uh, a little rocky obviously you run into various characters, solve puzzles um and uh, eventually like, try to get to uh, LeChuck's hideout, who has returned, uh, because you accidentally gave Largo a piece of LeChuck's body so he could be resurrected, and specifically, you gave him a piece of his like, body body so he could be resurrected, because you only killed his uh, Heartless last time, uh, and so he's back as a nobody in this game. Is straight up literally the explanation they give, word for word, almost. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, they've got nothing in common. It's just a coincidence, but it was being owned through time by this. Uh, and so LeChuck is back as like a zombie now. It's not they don't say zombie, thank God, if they're not really doing that. But he is like a resurrected uh, in his own flesh and is not a like weird ghost pirate like he was last time. Uh, you head to his like fortress you try to like escape him he, he makes a voodoo doll of, of you and uh, starts torturing you and you're running around and it builds a big conclusion um, and famously uh, it ends with like nothing being resolved as the bubble is popped uh, and it reveals that uh, you and uh, LeChuck are actually brothers in a um, like random room in the middle of a theme park where like the Big Whoop uh, is a ride in the distance and their parents are like, come on, we got to go over here now uh, as the credits roll. But then you see Elaine and she's like, oh, Guybrush, get out of the spell that Chuck cast on you. So is, was that just a spell all along? Uh, unresolved for uh, 30 years. <laughs> uh, that's not true. They resolve it in Monkey Island 3 immediately. Uh, I guess technically they do. But they did also come back and actually resolve it, like, last year. Yeah. yeah look, as the one I've person played who's it, I've played... I've not played it. I don't know. <laughs> yes, as the one person who's played Return to Monkey Island, I would not say they, uh... Here's the thing. Ron Gilbert desperately wants people to understand that Monkey Island is about the answer never being satisfying. It's about the journey. Uh, yes. And, and constantly, the people playing Monkey Island go, well, yeah, but what is the secret? actually <laughs> we'll never we'll never understand that he doesn't care he doesn't know he doesn't care he's never going to tell you the secret is ron gilbert got a nosebleed at disneyland and he had to go to the nurse's station and he realized it wasn't actually a pirate adventure that he was on it was a nurse's station oh i guess it is a part of the caribbean reference 
of the end. I yeah, think, there's yeah. a bunch of Pirates of the Caribbean going like kind of this like nod to the. original So here, here's like, one throughout. way that I am a fucking baby child moron that you know more. You know, I'm an, I'm an infant. I'm a little infant. Is that the idea that like you would think of Pirates of the Caribbean as a theme park ride first? It's like what you what are you talking about? Just like the movies, um, because I'm a child. <laughs> No, it's funny because, like, as much as I'm, like, fuck Disney, I I vividly remember being, like, finding out that they were changing the ride to reflect the movie and just being, like, absolutely out of my (laughs) skin angry. Oh, you can't do that. Classic. Yeah, I was furious. Um, But uh, it makes sense that this is just doing Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, Pirates of the Caribbean wasn't a movie. It was just like a ride that had a good tone and was very popular, and they pull out uh, a game of that vibe. Um, so yeah, I, I played both one and two, but we're here to talk about two. But I am uh, caught up on the first two Monkey Island games. Yeah. Uh, if you want to watch Dia play through one, yeah. we did that. Yeah, two on, should be uh, up after... Well, two, two should be up by the time you listen to this. It'll be up before it, actually. But, yeah, because it's going up on Friday, uh, so... But only nice. for Patreon subscribers. Subscribe to oh, DS damn. Patreon. Get the Let's Plays. It's a dollar. You do that. It's a dollar yeah. you get adventure games. Hell yeah. People should yeah. do that because they're good. Never pay more than $20 for a video game. I'm only trying to <laughs> So that, that's one thing. Again, this is one or two, but it did make me laugh that that was like the last line of the game. I didn't know. I've seen that image a million times, but I didn't know that was how the game ended. <laughs> uh, excuse you. Never pay more than $45.56 for a computer game. Yeah. That's more than it was uh, two weeks ago. Yes. <laughs> that is being updated live because of our inflation yes. crisis. Yeah, yes. Um, God. I did, I did pick it. I did pick it for the final. Like, I'm like, what's the classic line? It's the Monkey Island line. Yeah. Um, See, so yeah, this is kind of, this will be a little bit of uh, both Monkey Islands. Most Monkey Island too. Um, it's a better Monkey game. Island, like, what? Because it's a better game. It is a better game. Um, it's weird because, like, for me, Monkey Island really, um, I think it's at its best. And, like, the, like when you're on Melee Island and you're roaming around on the stars, gathering all your insult sword fights. And you, you like Dia talked a lot about in your Let's Play about the bit where you're behind the scenes at uh, the mansion and just stuff is happening off screen as uh, Guybrush goes through a Rube Goldberg device of nonsense that you don't actually look at. Um <laughs> And all that stuff is great. I think it's like that, that's when the game is like on all cylinders and then it really like falls down a bit in, in second and third acts. Um, and thankfully, I think that energy is like most of what Monkey Island 2 is. I think it like the bit when he first gets to LeChuck's Island, it's like, well, now here's a fucking maze. I'm like, oh, this sucks. This is the worst part of the video game. Um, but when it's just like, here's seven different places you can go and you have to piece together, picking them apart into a big, like the big knot that is the video game. Um, that stuff's good. And like the first act is like a smaller version of that with just Largo on the island. And then you get the three islands and it really is a like a macrocosm of the same actions again. And I think that stuff really works. That's why I think these style of adventure games are most interesting. It's funny because mm-hmm. revisiting it, I actually felt this was the lesser of the two. Huh. And like that, that the, the, like it, it becoming this big, you know, kind of just like you get kind of mired in uh shifting box puzzle of like inventory management in the, when you get to, when you get to like act two, um, where I just felt like I was constantly like, okay, I have to click around. I, I'm walking from room to room, depositing objects. Um, I can see that. 
I like I said, it was just it, it. I think it was just it's just the pacing of the acts. Whereas, you know, Act One feels much more structured in Monkey Island One. It actually, feels more structured in Monkey Island Two as well. But mm-hmm. Monkey Island One, you have a, that that first act of becoming a pirate is very structured. Yeah, but like it gives you room to like have to work through it. Whereas, like this kind of like I felt like I was getting things out of order. Like it felt like it has like it almost has like the open world problem of like mm. I'm running into solutions before I have the problem. Yeah, that's definitely a thing that can happen in this game a lot. Yeah. Um, and like even going through it, like you know, there were things that I vividly remembered. I'm like, okay, I have to do this. I have to make the grog that's green because then I have to do that. But like, I was making the grog that was green before I'd even seen the spitting contest, and was like, I need to have the green grog because I'm going to spit. And it's like. You know, then it was like, okay, I'm at the, I'm at the, the, the card catalog puzzle. I've like, you know, there's no kind of introduction to why I'm doing the card catalog puzzle, you know, until like, oh, Chicky Poo says I'm going to need a book and I'm going to need coordinates and things like that. Like so much kind of comes just at random implements that there's like that middle just can really feel very boggy at times. Mm-hmm. But, that's true um i um yeah. i liberally use the universal hint system for this which i recommend anyone playing a 90s adventure game for the first time use um because they look basically they start at like the top level of this kind of structure of the game where you stuck and then they'll just kind of nudge you along and that's helped me many times when i was like i don't really know what the next thing is at least pointing me in the direction of where the next thing is um mm-hmm. Because uh, I using a like straight walkthrough, I think robs it of much of its charm. Uh, yeah, getting a little hint now and then is nice. Yeah, I think if you use if you like you know what in my in my let's play, uh, there's like a half an hour where I'm like clicking on the fucking uh, Captain Dread map, mm-hmm. trying. I'm like I'm like these are the fucking coordinates. 3788 let's go and because i had forgotten about the whole kate capsize thing oh yeah and i was just like why the fuck is you not like, come on just, just fucking go there come on um and then eventually i'm like wait wait i think i gotta go talk to kate because she's got it really wanted to take it because she's got the glass bottom boat it's a whole thing yeah but like it's like weird that you can get the book and then you can be that and you can be like, what, what is, is this the stump problem again? Uh, yeah, I, I, so, so having a different perspective, you two, I mean like Dia, you've literally lifelong adventure game fan. Um, and I don't know. I assume you came a little later. I got into adventure games because idle thumbs talked up the Shiva in like 2008 or 2009. Yeah. Um, and I only came to adventure games like in that era because I finally had a PC. Um, like I really wanted to play Mist, and I'd played like Deja Vu for the Game Boy or whatever, right? Um, and, but otherwise, had no perception of adventure games um, until like the modern era. Mm-hmm. So I and then, so I've gone back and played a lot of things, right? But like I played two seasons of Telltale Seven Max before I played Hit the Road. I'm like I've very much gone backwards through time playing adventure games. Yeah, I mean, well, I've played like some newer adventure game ish things. Like, you know, I really like the Shiva. 
uh, you know, Norka has its adventure game elements. Um, but I, mo- a lot of my interaction, because even coming into Telltale, I'm coming in like later, uh, has been with the like adventure games as a framework for like spatial consideration, progressing a story, uh, not adventure games in the like, what the fuck does this thing do for 20 minutes? Yes. Um, like I think the closest I got was Broken Age of that kind of thing. And that's a much more like, like it's homaging back, but it's significantly more simple than these Monkey Island games. Yeah, I mean, that is literally Tim Schafer being like, I wrote Monkey Island, I can make another one of those. Yeah, I, I liked it, but it's definitely like more simple than this. And I, I ended up feeling like, I like this game, but I do, I found the adventure game puzzles uh, often very grating in ways that are like, I felt like I had fucking solved them, or and the game didn't let me, right? Like, for example, you have to get uh, the... Um, ticket the the washing ticket from uh from lag you have to get lago's washing ticket yes uh, which means you have to go into uh send something to the cleaners and so you go okay uh let's go to his room and uh mess like first of all it's like oh let's go to his room and find the t- like ticket in the pocket of his clothes and then I'm like, okay no i have to get him to take give the thing to the uh you know to, to the to the to the cleaners and then i had to realize how to get the mud because i didn't realize that i could just click on the mud in the swamp i didn't realize i could because the the mud in the swamp was a surface i had like sailed on right i'd got in the boat and gone across but i didn't realize i could then use like it wouldn't occur to me to use um the the bucket on the the floor i I just like unclear about what's interactable and then like the final part of like being in his room forever having the bucket being like well pour the fucking bucket on his clothes what are we doing here for about 10 minutes before i realized oh no i have to close the door and put the bucket on top of the door so you can fall on his head it was like what why why would i ever think that that was a step that was required i would never in a million years fuck you fuck you you bullshit that's like nonsense. the thing about the thing about monkey island and when i first played like i had played a bunch of more modern retro games when monkey island special edition came out and that was like my first exposure to this era adventure game is the thing i've realized with monkey island is monkey island solutions are always what is the like 80s prankster comedy film answer to anything yes um, and like the classic one is the chicken and the pulley in the middle and you're like what why is there a chicken with the pulley in the middle it's because you have a zip line you have to go across obviously um yes. which is stupid uh but like that that's like to me the defining puzzle of why monkey island is the way it is is you, you pick up eight thousand items and the solutions are usually whatever the joke is it's like a, usually a, a visual or a, like a slapstick gag um like the like the bit where you're like i need a shovel where do you get the shovel the sign that says no digging there's a shovel you pick up the shovel off the side that made that's a looney tunes bit that's just like bugs bunny did that it made me furious because i had spent like 15 minutes going between because they're like okay you need a shovel and there's a woodworking guy so i'm like okay uh how do i get the woodworking guy to give me a shovel so i go to him he doesn't say anything i go to someone else i'm like trying to get some money and i'm doing all these things and none of it is working um because i i didn't even realize that sign was clickable uh because it's just part of the background why would i ever think that um uh and because you moused over everything and then you yeah look at you, the this, parser. Is, this is the era where you do have to mouse over absolutely because i'm because i'm not born when this game comes out and i have things to do and i just don't think like that so i was definitely there was, there was a friction yeah. <laughs> there was a friction to going back to this game <laughs> That's a that's a reason why like the act two of this game really works for me is because the way I play this style of game is I'm like well tonight I'm gonna hit every island and I'm gonna pick up everything that's not nailed down and I will look at everything that is nailed down and then tomorrow I can start like picking at the knots that I can see when I've understood what the landscape of the mm-hmm. video game is. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and sometimes that means you walk into puzzles backwards, like Diva's saying. Um, but I find that that's kind of the charm for me is like, oh, now that I have the lay of the land here, some of these will be backwards, some of these I'll do intended, but someone else could do them in the opposite direction and still come to kind of the same conclusions with different puzzles. And I think that you have, there's just, there's no way to solve that unless you make the game strictly linear, right? Like when we played Space Quest, that is a game where you cannot do it out of order. Right. If you do it out of order, that, that means you fucked up and you have to reload your save to go pick up the thing you missed the first time. Um, and I, I think, you know, it's funny because like, I'm thinking about it now. Like, and so one, you know, caveat, I replayed this all in one day. Yes. Because the, the, the situation of my life was such that I had to play this all in one day. Yeah. I played um, it over like four nights. I think. Which which actually it kind of it, it does make it very interesting in that way, because in some regards, you know, I had to operate like purely off of memory because I was like, I'm being stubborn. I'm not like, I'm like, I'm fucking looking at a walkthrough for fucking monkey island that's I fucking I, <laughs> I did this when i was eight you motherfuckers let's go um and so like you know i was really really like you know not like gonna use a guide um and so but it does compress everything when i was having to do it and so like you know act two felt just like so endless but also Everything was really fucking funny because, like, I was seeing how all these pieces fit together much more, like, concretely than if, like, when I was a kid and I played this, I played it over an entire summer because it was the game I had. I wasn't going to yeah. get another one. I, there was no reason to, like, burn through it. Yeah. And also, I was, like, eight and I was having to solve, like, really kind of weird puzzles um, that were going to take forever for me to, like, be like, oh, I can click on that and pick that up and then I can go do this thing. Um I, I guess that just to intro, that's like the thing that I've just never had uh, for adventure games, right? I've never had the thing where like, these games are four hours, three hours long, um, but they're not made to, they are made to be things that you just like poke at for a summer and then you forget about and like live in your head in time. Um, yeah. And you like figure out the solution when you're not playing it and then you come back and you go, oh, that works. And then you move on to the next thing. Um, and it's just never been how I played games, even though it's definitely like how the adventure games are meant to be experienced on some level. Mm-hmm. I do think this game has a lot more padding in it than Monkey Island, the secret of Monkey Island, because that's true. There is a lot of like, you know, making you go through the swamp repeatedly to get to. Oh, every time you go, gotta go talk to the voodoo lady. It's intolerable. And like it was like, and that's the thing is like the, the thing about doing it all in six in a six hour push was like every time I had to go somewhere, I was like, oh, my God, this is hours off of my life, even though it's like 10 seconds. I was the, like, the one uh, the one I think of uh, is. Um, when you're climbing the tree and you have to like put the ore in the tree hole and then it breaks <laughs> and you gotta go fix. This is um, neither of you have played Return, but Return has a mode. It's like, do you want simple puzzles or do you want the full like '90s ass puzzles? This this would be a step that just be removed from the simple puzzles. When I played Return, I played with simple puzzles. I finished it in like three nights. And it was great. I had a fun time because it takes out some of the like busy work steps like that. Um, if you don't want them, and I don't necessarily. Okay, well when we play it, we're playing through <laughs> the '90s ass version. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's fine. You know, obviously, do it, do, do what you want. Um, I like that both are there because th- this is the thing that adventure games have changed. Even the the ones that are meant to be throwbacks have gotten much more slimmed down because they know people don't play games like this is the one game you play all summer. No yeah. one plays games like that anymore. No, it's funny because, like, you know, thinking back back about it, like, you know, uh, I really like that that is an option because there are things where, like, you know. 
like I was thinking about like Diablo Four. Diablo Four throws in all these like these side things that you have to go do just in order to progress the story, and it's like, but I don't need this. This is like ancillary shit. Don't make me do this if I don't need to do it. Let me just go. Let me let me go to the guy and get the horse, and then we go to get the horse, and we go and we finish the game. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, playing through this, like it was like there were a bunch of like sections where it's just like, what if I just do this to begin with, and then we don't have to worry about this all these other five steps. Well, it's like okay, but also these other five steps are actually kind of funny, and like we're gonna play through a bunch of like weird little like you know quirky '90s narrative beats that are like charming in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you know. Like the final, the final fucking, the bones puzzle. Come on. I fucking hate the puzzle so much. The bones puzzle. Like, why are we doing this? But like, the answer's right there in your inventory. So it's like, why? Yes. But but even when I know the answer, I'm like, oh, I'm still walking through this endless maze to find the like three screens that I need to go through in order uh, to do this. I definitely um, soured my... So I knew about the ending, right? The ending, the famous ending of Monkey Island 2. I've known about that for a decade at this point um because it's the thing everyone talks about um but when you know that uh the like actual puzzle build up to the the like anticlimax just becomes infuriating as i do these <laughs> fucking both even looking at like a, uh the universal hint system to like put things together because again like and says it's not it's not the solution it's just the, the tediousness of going through it yeah um and then it all just kind of like fizzles out into nothing at the end as a, as a, as a gag i'm like i mean it's a funny gag but the th- could you not have done it before I did this fucking bullshit? It's <laughs> um, so like, I really hate the maze, but I, I do really like the bit at the end where it's just you and the Chuck in the basement of the video game, endlessly dicking around with each other with no, like there's, there's no win state. It just, it just sucks. It's like, it's like, um, it's like the bit in Saw at the end of every Saw movie. We're like, oh, we're finally out. And you realize that, no, you just got out of like the, the first metaphorical room of a bigger <laughs> puzzle that is endless that will never be solved and it's it's you and the chuck in the basement of the video game stabbing each other's voodoo dolls forever <laughs> that's all you can ever do that's all monkey island is and then there's like a flashback that cuts back to everything as he realizes wait i'm in the uh, the other world they could then the solo music starts playing uh, <laughs> you could re-edit the, the final reveal of this into a uh, final saw montage easily God. it's it's really funny to me because um, because I kind of knew about all four Monkey Islands at the same time, because I, I played Monkey Island one and then like two happened and then I, I picked it three and I watched four on YouTube mostly. Uh, and then the Telltale thing happened and Return happened. I forgot how much like Elaine's not in this game. <laughs> I'm like, that's that's Skybrush's wife. I think of them as a couple is like one of the things I like about Monkey Island because I really like their dynamic where he's a layabout who sucks all the time and she's too busy for him, but loves him anyway, but kind of forgets he exists until he shows up on her doorstep. Um, and that's, that's like their dynamic here basically, but like, they're not a couple. <laughs> that yeah. was ultimately one of the things that I was most surprised by. Like I think people talk about these games as like really cool story games, right? Like they got yeah. fun characters, funny bits, uh, good wealth to spend time in. And that is all true. But like, I expected like the triumvirate of uh, Guybrush, Lechuck, and Elaine to be the like driving focus of the games. I expected interactions between all three characters uh, regularly, uh, and you don't really get that in either game. You get a little bit more Lechuck here, um, but they're mostly like 
you know, one of them's the enemy and one of them's the love interest. So they serve more as objectives and like markers in the story yes. than, uh, you know, you talk to the sword fighting instructor way more than you talk to either of the main characters. Yeah, like ninety nine percent of Curse of Monkey Island, Elaine's a statue. <laughs> oh, <it is>. like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like within like at, you, you finish the first puzzle and then Elaine gets turned into a statue. Like that's just you know, you know, the game. Uh, it it is funny how little, um, considering how significant uh, the characters are. That like both LeChuck, like the Chuck, the Chuck's the same thing, like. You know, hardly in the game, but still, you you cannot have Monkey Island without Glitchuk. He's so crucial. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. I mean Glitchuk being your your cutaway character, uh, who mostly just seems busy with other stuff. That that's the, the thing I like about this is my like, why I think Guybrush is a good protagonist is he is very focused on like his one goal, and everyone else just kind of is too busy to notice that he's achieving it. <laughs> Um, everyone's just off screen doing something very important at all times. And the camera will sometimes look at them and be like, oh, they're doing something right now. And he, the lines is guy brush and they took look away and they're busy doing something else. They don't really have time. <laughs> um, which even before the like reveal of monkey Island two, like offers a suggestion that like monkey islands about the headspace that a kid is in when adults aren't paying attention to them. Right. <laughs> That's just always what guy brushes deal is. He is always, on summer vacation daydreaming and they don't say okay go play and it's like oh, i'm a pirate it's like okay well good but leave me alone uh the especially in the early bits the recurring gag of like he's become a pirate because he was the protagonist of the last game he's defeated an evil and uh uh you know he has a bunch of money with him at the start or whatever uh but he it means nothing he doesn't actually get treated better by anyone they're like shut up guy brush <laughs> yes <laughs> it's very funny it's very cute because he doesn't have like a crew uh or a sense of like belonging um because that would it's an adventure game you have to be lost somewhere and figuring it out right that's like core to the mechanic like the mechanics of this is a puzzle game where i must talk to people and find the ways to progress necessitates the protagonist being in, in the dark and every other character knowing more so the information can be fed to them uh and just the way that all like meshes together was uh was very uh nice to me i see how like from there organically expand the like ending right because it makes sense with like this is already just as a genre a uh fun house of excuses for kids to like poke at mm. yeah i mean even the um in D- in your let's play dia you talked a lot about the stump joke uh where you look at the stump and it's like please insert disc like 23 of monkey island or whatever <laughs> and that's referenced in this game when you get lost in the jungle and you call the lucasarts helpline there's a whole bunch of people asking about the stump and the, the helpline person's like please stop asking about the stomp it was a joke it's a it's a comedy video game they're jokes god that was so good shout out to chester <laughs> that, that was really funny that was so funny god it was so good uh i was surprised at how funny this game was there's a lot of like so i know the game is beloved and i believe everyone that's beloved but it also just has from the outside i was ready for it to have a humor that was very dated and corny and annoying um it is corny I, it's an extremely corny game yeah and it's definitely corny but it just like it is much more for kids that like the version of this it, this is so similar to stuff that is really annoying from the like 2000s uh like the just turning up the irony a little bit and just doing wow so random bits uh, because yeah. it's, an, it's an influential game to that era 
of like comedy it's very like important text uh and like touchstone for things that go on to be made that i really don't fucking like um oh, there's 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 a there's a space that doesn't ex- like a video game doesn't exist that connects like uh guybrush Streetwood to like invader zim right yeah yeah <laughs> oh, yes because <God>. yeah. <laughs> uh, they're all in the same soup of like you know lucas arts is a video game studio but they're part of lucasfilm like it's very connected to uh uh like traditional movies and animation and stuff right there's, there's all in mm-hmm. the same soup um and i was surprised at how similar how my expectations of it being the kind of like random non sequitur humor uh that i find annoying from my child- own childhood was true it just was just a good one of those it just was it wasn't like insincere about it it was never like it's not really it's not an ironic game really it's, it's occasionally a little sardonic um but it, at no point is it like haha we've done a random thing <laughs> uh, that's true uh, it's mostly just, I don't know. On some level, when you're talking about comedy, there is very little you can do between, say, I have structural issues with these ideas sometimes, but this got away with it by being good at writing jokes. That's that's kind of all you can say. They were good at writing jokes. That's the trick. Yeah, I mean, so me and Dia played through most of the space quests and mm-hmm. uh, a lo- watching a lot of that uh, as we went through it was thinking about Guybrush Threepwood as a prototypical, like, cocky guy who sucks protagonist who is like my least favorite type oh, of God, protagonist and why yeah why why does why is Guybrush just like good i I've, I've always found him like appealing and i want to hang out with him and i think he's funny um and it's like a multifaceted thing where one he's voice acted very well <laughs> uh they really <laughs> lucked in uh to getting uh dominic armada if they had gotten any a different type voice type of voice i think it wouldn't work as well it is genuinely um, beautiful to me that yeah. the guybrush threepwood voice is just a fucking dude he doesn't do any other voice acting anymore he just does comes back to do guybrush and he still sounds like guybrush you couldn't get anyone else um but also the game is just aware of the fact that like his coolness will never become the reflection like there's no point where guybrush is the cool guy and everyone goes ah oh, we were wrong about you guybrush you are cool it is always poking fun at his like not even ego, but his naivete to assume that he matters. Well, um, it's it's also like in the things of this that like come in the future. This character gets like blended with the Han Solo wants to be cool type guy. Yes, um, and there's a little bit of that here, but in an interesting way, in that like you can tell that is the self image that Guybrush has of a pirate, uh, but that there is no Han Solo pirate. There is no cool guy that he's trying to be that he can't live up to a must uh, it's just an archetype that doesn't exist the cool pirate is not in this game uh simply not present at all at any point um the thing gyrus wants to be isn't just something that he can't be it's just something that doesn't exist uh and i appreciated that i was like yeah it's just not a space that they're interested in going to he just has an idea of what being a pirate is that is not real and will keep chasing it uh, to his own uh comedic doom constantly yeah like even even the Chuck's like generals in any v- version of the game are mostly just like bored guys who work a shitty job for the Chuck. Right? Yes, yes. <laughs> They're just like, oh yeah, I'm a fearsome pirate. It mostly means this weird ghost guy gives me orders and I do them because that's my job. Lago, uh, getting the Chuck's like body and then resurrecting him and then immediately just getting like put to work and being judged for being a shitty lieutenant was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Sucks to be Lago. Sucks to be Lago. Uh, but yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm glad. I, and the fact that like the guy who the guy who is the petty tyrant of this whole island is becoming uh like 
bad lieutenant, like the shitty lieutenant of the big bad the rest of the game is always is good. Because uh, nothing else changed. Yeah. He just lost his position. Yeah, it's so funny because he's undone by like a high school prank. Yes. Like Lar- everything falls apart because you put a bucket of mud above Largo's door. Yeah. Uh yeah, that that's correct. Um God. Uh I will say uh, the versions we played, the um special edition versions, uh I think that like they are fantastic. The the new graphics suck, but like the ability to play the old game with the modern voice acting, uh, I think is excellent. That's how I played. The, I don't know if you can yeah, you can, the voice you can now get backported audio into the original video games. Oh, so you can just formats. they just hook that up on like a scum yes. situation. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, I did I'm, not do this because I played the game on my Steam Deck, but I could load the DOS version on my Mister with the voices from the special edition loaded into it. Because the voice acting's really good. Yes. Um, yeah. The only thing you can't do is you can't play the EGA version with voices, which is why yeah. I made myself hoarse doing voices for my, oh my yeah. Let's Play. Monkey Island 2 only has the it's only VGA. normal version. Yeah. yeah. So. What is EGA? <laughs> Sometimes you are a baby. <laughs> I know what VGA is. Is the blue that a real question or... Uh, I'm googling EGA. I mean, VGA is the blue cable that I occasionally put into my computer when oh I wasn't didn't God. have HDMI. So oh. I'm like, uh, oh what's God. EGA? I assume it's a different computer cable, and I'm correct about this that. Is, this is the this is the period in between CGA graphics and VGA graphics. EJ graphics. Um, the E stands for extended. It's enhanced. It's enhanced. I thought it was extended. Yeah, it's enhanced. I'm looking yeah. at the Wikipedia page right now. I wanted to make sure the year was right. It was like 1985. Um, and then VGA came out in 87. So it's oh, like yeah. a narrow window. EGA is a narrow window, but like, you know, a lot of people didn't immediately upgrade. So it's it, it existed longer than it was like the standard, right? Yes. Um, and so CGA graphics are like really obvious, right? You know what a CGA video game looks like, right? It's the ones that are all purple and teal because the very limited color palette of computers. Uh, I mean, um, I, I recognize that, but I would just say, oh, yeah, like old 80s computer graphics. Uh the amount that I don't know shit about computers is so funny. Like, before Doom, it's just a wasteland for me. It's nothing. I- I've played some Nintendo games, right? I'm console-pilled in my uh, old knowledge. Jackson, watch uh, Halt and Catch Fire. Uh, <laughs> I've been... You are not the only person to tell me to watch Halt and Catch Fire. It's the se- After Justified, that's the show that most friends want me to watch. I've been rewatching you should, it you while should playing in- Diablo, and it's it's a good time. You should watch some YouTube channels about the history of computer graphics. Is what you should do. Oh God, uh, I'm gonna go. I won't watch, even do that. That's, I, that's what I do all the cathode time. Cathode ray dude or whatever. I, he's not covering this stuff. Okay, but I don't you know can easily is. see get rundowns of the graphics modes of 80s computers. Um, anyway, Diaz Let's Plays the EGA version, which does have incredible backgrounds. Um, I still don't think the people look very good, unfortunately, but it's fine. Um, Monkey Island Two, the the whatever version. I assume it's the MVJ version that is the. Like, it's just the, there's just one version of Monkey Island Two, yeah. and then the special uh, edition. Uh oh yeah okay, so, but I, I'm playing the special edition, which is, but I'm playing it in the original art. Yeah, um, yeah, that original art in Monkey Island Two specifically, uh, is genuinely incredible. It's one of the best looking video games I've ever played. Um, like the animation on every single sprite is just beautiful and so full of like personal little flourishes. No, it's, um, 
one of the things that was really funny was like I would remember solutions to puzzles not because I remembered the solution, but because I remembered like the bespoke animation of Guybrush breaking a bottle on a rock. Yeah, like it and was so, just, it, the animations are just incredible. Well, so I play the game. I'm thinking, wow, this game looks really good. And then only after I finish do I look it up, and I'm like, ninety one, ninety one. So this is like. <laughs> 991 like the other things you can get even on consoles are like what super mario world uh you know this is three years before chrono trigger um yeah i guess it's pc hit different back then i i totally see how people like adventure games this is fucking cinema compared to video games um because there's like, also there's also yeah. before people like computers didn't have you didn't have a graphics card at 3d accelerator like there's no 3d graphics in most pc games at this point no. right I mean, some games. Um, yeah, but I'm not just like the sprite work is beautiful. The backgrounds are absolutely incredible. Uh, I think Monkey Land 2 is just like an incredible looking game. Um, I I don't know how superlative to be because I assume it's like of a piece with the other Luke. Like, it's the one I've played. I just assume this is like the style for this game at the time. These kind of games at the time. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna bet the Sierra games don't look as good. This is a bet I'm making. Well, I only have Space Quest to go by, but Space Quest has different art style. Every video, every game has a different art style, and they're all bad. So, it's, yeah, uh, it's, yeah. It's, the 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 VGA version of Space Quest One actually is is not so bad. Weirdly enough, but like when I think of LucasArts uh, pixel graphics, I think of like Sam and Max and oh uh, yeah, no, there's more there's, than I think of Monkey Island even. I mean, even 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 going back to Maniac Mansion and Zach McCracken, like light years ahead, so much more yeah. of an emphasis on it. Um, it's it was funny, Jackson. You talked about like the the uh, the graphics, the like, like cinema. <laughs> I remember, I vividly remember playing Final Fantasy two, and my stepfather walking through the room. And looking at me on the do you mean do you mean you mean four two yeah yeah Final yeah. Fantasy okay. four aka yeah. Final Fantasy two because it's nineteen ninety one yes yeah I just want to verify for people listening yes. um and my stepfather looking at the TV looking at me and then looking at the computer like sitting like ten feet away from me and just being like why the fuck are you playing this and I was just like it's Final Fantasy what are you talking about man it's great and he's just like it looks like shit. Uh, <laughs> just being like thinking now back about like yeah actually the graphics in final fantasy 2 compared to what was happening on the computer at the time were just absolute dog shit it's funny because i'm like final fantasy 4 is one of the early like this is a game that understands right sprite graphics as like theater right like yeah. they're all doing their little plays and animations together um in a way that was like remarkable uh but then it's coming out at the same time as Monkey Island 2, which is literally just his little movie you watch. Like, I understand how, like, you know, when people talk about cinematic games now, it's like adventure and not event. It's action adventure, just like stuff with cutscenes. Um, yeah. But this is like a decade before that form's even going to really, you know, we're uh, seven years before Metal Gear Solid, um, four years before anyone on Earth is going to have a PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I totally get how, like, adventure games get the reputation they had and also why they, like, fall off even because a lot of when i was looking through some like writing about it a lot of it always tended to be off because it's all from like you know the writing from the 80s and 90s is mostly lost because it wasn't online uh so all of the 2000s writing is about how adventure games died and they're having those arguments i'm like remembering when those were happening um like uh 
but I, all of them did leave out the part that like <laughs> the thi- the uniqueness of this game looks fucking good to normal people who don't play video games they can look at it with their eyes and see something that looks uh, attractive and appealing um just becomes a unique thing that they lose as video games go 3d and first of all everyone else gets access to uh 3d graphics and cutscenes and second of all they have to stop having beautiful sprite work and start having incredibly ugly 3d models instead well you know doom doesn't have a you know three minute you did a puzzle you saw you 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 correctly intuited a puzzle and then suddenly you're having a hallucination about your mom and dad who becoming skeletons and singing you know this song to you that you decided to write down that you have no idea pays off like you know three hours later like what yeah I think we were getting to that again and just being like, oh, shit, I forgot about this. This is fucking wild. Um, they, that's cinema right there, motherfucker. Like, fuck your cutscene. This is a real cutscene. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Uh, the way in which uh, it an adventure game is meant to tell a complete story that has, like, set up some payoffs really, like, tightens down what a script is in a way that video games often have forgotten how to do <laughs> well i know i what i realized looking the, up the context is like lucas arts adventure games specifically are the things making this push into like solving puzzles is solving narrative um yeah one and the same thing because i uh, i get the sense that, that is not necessarily true in the, the sierra like every writing about lucas arts adventure games they are like responding to the sierra games where you just uh, fucking on die some level, it's like it's like i feel like it's overselling the point every okay. adventure game is fundamentally this but i do think i do think lucas arts often uh one that they're the ones who like won quote unquote so they get to say this the other ones like they didn't really understand and that's not necessarily true um but i do think it's much more obvious to a casual audience the ways in which a comes out of b right um, mm-hmm. But you look at like Gabriel Knight, Gabriel Knight's an adventure as a video game with a ton of narrative and your puzzle solving advances the narrative yeah. um, in a way that like like Space Quest one is not necessarily about Space Quest one doesn't have doesn't really have a story. You just solve puzzles and the video game ends. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't trying to disparage. I just meant like the um, the narrative that I, I saw looking back is like playing this as now i was kind of frustrated by some of the like leaps that monkey island 2 made me make as an adventure game and like i got stuck because i didn't realize like i click on that window why did you not tell me i could go in that window you're fucking wasting my time bullshit and getting mad at it like that uh, but then i look mm-hmm. back and it's like being massively uh praised for actually making that stuff way more simple and way more approachable uh, so i go how the, well, yeah, the thing it's replacing is the way thing it's replacing is if you didn't pick up uh like the parrot feed when you're on the ship the first time you can't go back and pick it up and you have to reboot the game from before you got on the ship right uh simply unthinkable to me i would not design a game like that but apparently it was the 80s and you could do anything you could just do I mean, anything you could make anything a, when i was when when em and i were doing the space quest games i had to look up dead ends Yes. Yeah. And there were dead ends that I'm like, oh, we need to do this before we go to the next screen, even though I know you want to go to the next screen, M. But if we don't do this, then the game will be over for us and we'll never be able to finish it. And sometimes it's like you will die if you do the thing. Other times it will. The game will just not allow you to complete the video game, but you won't know. So I hope you had multiple saves. Yeah. And like you won't know for six hours. Yes. Um, but like. I think the I think I think the interesting thing here, like the and like the big thing with it, so like you know, um, 
there are a lot of like there were a lot of instances in Monkey Island 2 where because of the way they did the art in an attempt to make everything beautiful and painted and is that objects don't stick out anymore that yeah. the you know the the shovel sticks out because it's a big shovel to some degree. But no, Jackson, it doesn't. Jackson missed it because it just looks like it's part of the sign. It looks like it's painted. It looks like something you can't interact with. Um, you know, One of the things about the EGA version of Monkey Island 1 is just how apparent um, objects are. Objects yes. are. Um, and even like, you know, like like a lot of a lot of the VGA era became um, about the. You know, like the mobile games that are you have to find all the little the little pictures and inside yes. the pictures. It really was that, and it was a lot of like you know hunting the pixels for what you could click on. And yeah. LucasArts' big innovation was the parser that shows you what like it shows you nouns in the world, so that when you like mouse over it, you at least know I can interact with that. Whereas like Gabriel Knight has you clicking on a million fucking things, hoping yeah. that like this is the right this this book is different from that book. Monkey yeah. Island and then, 2 does walk that back to some degree. I didn't I missed the string for like an hour and a half um on the voodoo or the the the, the voodoo lady's table. Uh, mm-hmm. so like I was like trying to do the, the 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 mouse the rat trap and I was like where the fuck is the string? Um and then finally I was like oh that little dangly thing cuz she made yeah. you know okay maybe that's it. And then they click on it but it doesn't go away because it's just part of the background. They just coded that little bit of pixel. They made an image map where that little bit would become, you know, part of your inventory. Mm-hmm. So there's, there, there um, are interesting things like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And this is the thing where like the modern adventure game still struggles with like the special editions of Monkey Island and the special editions of like full throttle and, um, Grim Fandango just have the highlight all interactables in the room button, which is not a that's a band aid. That's not a solution, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, but it does help sometimes. And then, um, like a modern game, like uh, I really like the Blackwell series of adventure games that Logitech puts out, are all about you, the solutions stem from what you would logically do. It's a lot of like you're talking to people, you're looking at people's emails, doing computer work, like doing investigation stuff, but it requires you to interact with things the way you would think you'd have to interact with something, and trying to do the novel fantasy items like monkey island um but with a way that's like parsable is just hard it's like a, this is why loom has abilities and not in inventory right <laughs> they just sidestep this whole problem by giving you magic that is how you interact with the world um that's why loom is really fucking good <laughs> it feels light years ahead of most video games of its type <laughs> Well, it's funny because, like, you know, your prime interaction is just a cursor. It doesn't, it doesn't, yes. you don't change the, the shape of the cursor ever. You just, when you finally see something that you want to interact with, then you say, okay, what are my magical verbs that I, mm-hmm. what are the verbs that I currently understand? Yeah. Um, and so sometimes, and so just internalizing Monkey Allen being here about look at, look for every item, like scan around with your mouse and see what, what you can pick up and then pick up everything. <laughs> it's just like, uh, there's, you know, there's a reason that's kind of fun on metric games because it's not, it's not fun. It's not all that fun to do is pick up everything and make sure you didn't miss anything in every screen. Sometimes, sometimes, it's, sometimes, it's, sometimes it is fun, but then like I, you know, um, it took me forever to re- realize that I could to remember that I could saw the one guy's, I needed to saw the one guy's leg off mm. partially because that doesn't feel like a guybrush solution. 
<laughs> I got the saw and I was like, I'm going to saw that guy's leg off. I don't know what I need it for yet, but I'm going to saw that guy's leg off. <laughs> like I was sitting there, I was like, I was like, I spent, you know, like forever. I was like, God damn it. I need to get this fucking, I need to, I need to, I, I know I need to like, you know, uh, lock, nail, stand in this fucking coffin, um, <laughs> which is like, this is like a very different guy brush. Like, just like, I'm going to like intentionally get in the coffin stand. I went. I you know can you close it? I need to I need to hammer you shut. Um, there is a weird like escalation to everything in that like uh-huh. we're on another venture. All the people are still here. Um, nothing's really changed, but because of that, everything has to go a little harder. It's like it's like the uh, I mean this is the joke that itchy and scratchy is like in total. It's like on a longer timeline, Tom and Jerry have to start stabbing each other with knives and bleeding because that's how you escalate the, the going around in circles. And Monkey Island is literally, the second game is about going around in circles. All the same characters are here. Nothing has changed. Do it again. And so Guybrush is just a little meaner. The world's also a little meaner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, you know, in this one, you end up sawing a motherfucker's leg off and, you know, <laughs> nailing Stan into a coffin. Fuck Stan. He has it coming. Uh, it's really funny when you just walk away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's fine. He's fine. He's back in all the fucking games. Maybe Stan, he's, 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 he's a great bit. He is a great character. What a stupid... I mean, he's just a stock guy, right? Like, every yes. cartoon has car salesman douchebag. Yes. Um, but sometimes it's what you need. Yeah. I love his jacket. I love that he's wearing a cowboy hat. It's like a very specific era of used car sales with a cowboy hat that just doesn't exist. Ever since I was like, ever since I was a child, since I played this game, I played the first Monkey Island. Stan has just forever been Ted Danson in my mind. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just, I see that. Just one hundred percent. I'm just like, this is Ted Danson. This is a Ted Danson character. There's no way around this. Um, but I, I, I really loved um, ringing the bell. After I'd already locked Stan in the coffin. <laughs> it's a good time. Um, I really like uh, getting Kate, Kate uh, arrested. Right. I think that part's good. You can just go break her out. She's like, I'm going to find who did this. I was like, all right, Kate. Good luck. It was funny because really I did that and then I was like, wait, what am I supposed to do here? Because I forgot that, like, you know, there was the, the envelope for her because mm-hmm. the envelope was part of the background at that point. Yeah. And I was just like, I completely missed it for like, a, I kept missing things that were like just a hand painted part of the background shit, um, mm-hmm. which is, which is very funny. Um, i trying to think what else. Um, I like that we couldn't get through this game without a 90s fat joke. Oh, there's, it's extremely that. It's like, holy shit. It's like the yeah, most that guy 90s fucking shit. sucks. Uh, I was just like, Damn. Uh, because, like, there's some, like I said, there's some, like, rough edges to this game, but I would not describe it as particularly mean outside of, like, the jokes are f- funny. Uh, when you look Stan in the coffin, it's not like Stan is an inherently evil man who we must make fun of his essence. Yeah. Uh, whereas, like, oh, look at this guy, he's so fat, he's, like, shoveling, uh, you know, pipes of uh, shit into his mouth. Uh, we will look at him and... Uh, Guybrush is like cracking wise about how fat and stupid he is. And I'm like, damn, 
Apparently, it's just open season. Fucking hell, man. Yeah, and it's so weird because, like, there is a world where you can at least turn that into, oh, he is a colonial Caribbean governor. You know, he lives in this extremely colonial mansion. You know, he's got this manicured lawn, blah, 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 blah. Oh, look, we're making a commentary on greed here or something, at least. Like, there's, there's a way you could get there in another game, but not this one. This one is purely a fat joke. Yeah, yeah, he's I, just he's just Baron Harkonnen. Yeah, right. Like that's what they're doing here. Especially as like the, the game, the game does not have any criti- criticisms about yeah. colonial era. Like not at all. Uh, Governor Molly, Elaine is just cool, right? There's no, it's <laughs> like, not like oh, what a awkward position to be in. And you know, I'm kind of glad because I don't think it'd be better if they were like in earnestly deconstructing the like ideas. Uh, of the stuff they were doing. I don't think the voodoo stuff in this game would be better if they tried to do it with a wink and nod. That, that you know, I don't want the shadow of Tomb Raider Monkey Island. It would make it worse. you imagine the secret of Monkey Island like that like decides to like earnestly tackle like the Haitian right. rebellion? It'd be embarrassing. Just like stop it. Like, um, like yes, the entire conceit of this world and game is problematic. Uh, but seeing as you've made it, I, I don't want you to like get into the nitty gritty and try to examine it. I think that would be mostly embarrassing. Uh, I think that it's mostly handled you know fairly well for what it is uh it could have been way more racist uh there are a lot of ways that it is nowhere near you know this could have been way more racist but you didn't actually go there well done um but it does make it doesn't mean that like you get this fat joking and like there's no themes going on here it's just a fat guy that you were like i fucking hate fat people for some reason it's the 90s yeah you turned him into an indiana jones puzzle yeah <laughs> It is funny how much we go into the Indiana Jones for this one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, way uh, more than one. I mean, the entire game of, like, it's the whole thing is the backstory that he's telling to Elaine while precariously on a rope getting, trying to get a treasure. That's some Indiana Jones shit right there. It's the most Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Does anyone have anything Peter else? Atlantis is like being developed concurrently with this, right? I think that's true. I believe so. Yeah, I think so. Because they're yeah. like playing the, during the let's play. I just remember getting to the um, the big tree and like remembering the big tree the first time around and just being like, "This is the most Indiana Jones: The Fate of Atlantis fucking ass puzzle I've ever encountered." It's really funny because those don't really have team overlap. Like they were very sequestered parts of LucasArts building two different games that kind of end up feeling similar. Fate of Atlantis, fucking great video game. If you would like another game of this era, that is pretty good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, if you want to play like, what if, what if the 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 secret of Monkey Island was like slightly more serious? Indiana Jones: The Fate of Atlantis. Yeah, puzzles are a little more logical, a <laughs> little more, a little, little bit more. But also, then you can go and watch um, the uh, was it Aquaman, uh, the Aquaman movie, and just be like, why the fuck is this Indiana Jones: and The Fate of Atlantis or half of it? Oh, it's wild how much that is true. Like, right? <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, they're all about Atlantis, right? So why is that? What specifically makes it weirder and more specific? Well, it's like, well, there's there's literally a, um, uh, uh, the, the binoculars when you go to like a, a scenic overview puzzle that they do in fucking the Aquaman movie. Okay. Yeah. Well, like, literally enough. in like, like they go to like Algiers or whatever. And like, they're just like, oh, look, we can use these binoculars on this like cliffside to go find out where we need to go next. And it's like, that's fucking, that's literally a puzzle from Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. What are you doing? 
Uh, that's pretty funny. Yeah. It's, it's very weird. like to send in questions you can send them to abnormalmappingpodcast@gmail.com. they can be about anything not just the, the games we're covering um i would like them to be about video games otherwise you're gonna get filtered on a different podcast email hopper uh that's how that works um rich writes in as i write this email i'm enjoying watching diaz monkey island lp um was pretty big into adventure games as a kid uh primarily lucas arts and humongous entertainment um uh, talks about the dig a little bit i have not played the dig i've always heard people say that it's like not good is that true dia um it's mixed okay um like one of the things that's really funny is like i remember when they released the demo and the demo felt like it was a, a game unto itself um because the demo is the whole opening where like okay you got to stop the meteor and then you have to like explore the meteor and kind of open or the asteroid uh, and then you 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 puddle around in your little like spacesuits and you um solve the riddle of the the meteor and or the asteroid and then um you know that teleports you to the world of the dig uh proper but like the opening of that was just a really good solid uh adventure game puzzling you know um i'd say ultimately the dig was a good just a solid adventure game mm-hmm. um it was it- <laughs> It's not what I wanted from science fiction um, at the time, and it's certainly not what I want from science fiction now. Um, but God, I think it was what's his face, wasn't it? Um, Orson Scott Card wrote it. Yeah, I believe that's true. Um, and so, like, it gets it's it's a little like, you know, yeah. He uh, Orson Scott Card, Orson Scott Card, Brian Moriarty, and Steven Spielberg are the credited writers on the dig. Yeah, like it's it's it's. It feels very of the time, mm-hmm. um, especially the ending where that's like a very just kind of a happy ending um, with like no real consequence for mm-hmm. anything. Um, but Pam um, uh, at Jasila underscore, I think on on Twitter has a really good YouTube video that kind of does like. Uh, she went through it late in the game and was just kind of like, why are these puzzles fucking random? Um, because there are a couple of puzzles where you're just like, what, why am I doing this? Like this, mm-hmm. the results of the, you know, my actions feel very haphazard and random and it's not good. They're like, there definitely are some, like they tried some shit. Cause it's like kind of, I guess the dig is later in the adventure game, it's on the down of the downslope of adventure gaming, um, where they are kind of competing with uh, action games in a way that 
I guess. Yeah, I mean, this is a this is a '95 video game. Yeah, like it, it feels it feels very much like a '95 video game, and like there there's just a lot of like kind of uh, adventure game puzzles that don't feel like they belong in the adventure game that the dig wants to be. Mm. Um. So Rich's question was, uh, played that as a game as a kid. I got stuck on a puzzle. Turns out when I actually got through it, it was the beginning of the video game that like opens up the hub and was floored to how much game came after that. And so the question is, have you ever gotten into a game and then like didn't finish or whatever and came to it later in life and just had a radically different experience with the video game? Um, every single time we've done something granola mapping and I am 20 years older and better at being at video games. <laughs> this was me when we finally played four for Emerald Mapping and I played four through like basically all the way, like three times, and it just never clicked. And then this time I was like, fuck, this is just like perfect. This is just everything I, I want out of a video game, actually. Uh it's yeah. it's not a huge gap, but for me, Bloodborne. When I first played Bloodborne, I hated it. I was like, this isn't Dark Souls, fuck off. Um and I needed to go back and reapproach it as like, oh no, this is just an action game now. Let's go. Uh, yeah, I mean, Dark Souls is a good one of this meme that, like, it wasn't until last year, right, right before uh, Elden Ring came out that I finally got it. Because I, I had tried to play Dark Souls many times, and it came come up on the podcast, I was like, I guess I just don't like Dark Souls. And the funny thing is, on the other side, I don't like Dark Souls. Dark Souls is my least favorite of the Souls games. <laughs> I like two more, I like three more, uh, I, I like Elden Ring more. Um, I bet I'd like Sekiro more, but I didn't get to that one. Turns out Jackson just really likes action games. That's what we learned today, is that I like to do some fucking boss fights. That's true. I knew this about you. Um, Andrew writes in, um, uh, this was, this was after the last episode. I heard M say they beat Chrono Cross in 35 hours. My time was 82 hours because I mostly walked around and soaked in the atmosphere. My question is, what game vibe slash atmosphere did you most enjoy just walking around in? 82 hours? Yeah, I couldn't. I, couldn't I mean, the atmosphere eight. in Chrono Cross might be one of my answers on kind of how fucking incredible the vibes in that game are. Um, I would say the first area of uh, Vampire the Masquerade's Bloodlines is up there. Uh, simply impeccable, grimy vibes. Um, I would, I would say the second area of Vampire the Masquerade. Oh, you prefer the, you prefer the, the like the, downtown? The, yeah, no, uh, I'm thinking of specifically the like, the like uh, upscale strip, like next to the cemetery. That's the third area. Oh, that's the third area. Damn. All right, there you go. Third area. Uh-huh. Not Chinatown. No one means Chinatown. <laughs> Oh, that's true. I mean, yeah. if we're going by vibes. I mean, like, I gotta, I gotta hold it down for Majula. Yeah, I mean, like, um, it's just the most impeccable vibes of video games. For the it's not part. that good. It's not that good. Okay, here's it my, I'm is gonna, that good. Fuck no, off. it's not. No, it's not. I will fight you. <laughs> so I say, as someone who really likes Dark Souls, I'm mostly with <laughs> you. But there are times where you and Austin talk about Majula like it's anything other than a hill and some music. I'm like, there. It's not, it's well, not... sorry, we're not from fucking England where Majula <laughs> just happens. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's we're no Fisherman's Horizon. Motherfucker. Do you know what the vibes are here? The vibes are, we're from Philadelphia, motherfucker. <laughs> Majula is a haven. It is. It is. Um, I'm not anti-Majula, but I'm not so hyperbolically pro-Majula that I would call it the best town and vibes in video games. My, my answers are Paradise Killer and Final Fantasy VIII. Uh, Final Fantasy VIII's got some fucking vibes. I mean, that's why I said Fisherman's Horizon. <laughs> yeah, Fisherman's Horizon Fisherman's maybe Horizon. the single best place in a video game to be uh, in. 
Umaranga Generation, another another one, obviously, just to shout yeah. out in terms of vibes places. Um, Paradise Killer scratches that itch for me a little better because it's a uh, it's a commercialized hellscape of the idea of like a summer, and mm-hmm. so it's just for me. It's just like it's just vaporwave all the way down, you know. Yeah. Um, man, I, f- I fucking love Paradise Killer. People should play Paradise Killer. We're never covering it for abnormal mapping. There'd be no reason to, but it's good. Um, uh, I will say Yakuza, but not in the way that most people mean. It's only Okinawa. Okinawa is the only part that uh, gets the the yeah. vibes check for me. I, I like all of it, but uh, the opening of three is so much better vibes wise than any other Yakuza I've played ever. <laughs> uh, to um, tie it back into my most recent article, Tristram's actually got some real fucking vibes. In uh, Diablo yeah. One, uh, the vibes are: please, for the love of God, let me walk faster. Uh, Hilfer writes in, uh, I love the idea of point and click adventure games, not so much practice. Um, which games in the genre would you say have the best? This is the three part question. So we're going to ask them individually story and characters. Uh, wait, so hang on. So what, what game has the best story and characters full stop in adventure games? Oh, in adventure point games. Point. I, I have no idea. I haven't played enough. Like, no, yeah, so this is a me and dear question. Okay. So I'll retire. Damn. Um, damn it's probably one of the Gabriel Knights it's either Gabriel Knight 1 or 2 um, my answer would probably be the Blackwell series if you wanted to pin me down to a specific one I would say the second game Blackwell Unbound love them yeah I mean, the, 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 the point here is like I definitely after 1999 did not play another adventure game <laughs> until yeah. The Blackwell games are from 2006 to 2014. Yeah, like, so I, I basically just fell off adventure games in like the late 90s um, and went fully into just like the MMO world. Um, um, so. I, I would I'll also shout out for um, Grim Fandango. I think Grim Fandango is oh, Grim Fandango, yeah, that's that is a really good one. Um, uh, it's going to be a LucasArts game, though. Like, that's for sure. <laughs> Um, um, uh, which game of the genre has the best interface? Damn. Um, I'm going to throw it down for Loom. Okay, yeah, Loom's great. Um, not dissimilar to Loom. Uh, my answer is Dropsy. The yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the 2015 game where you're a clown uh, because all of your verbs are like like abstract actions like hug or love uh and the ways those interact with the people around you are like understanding what that puzzle is is the video game i think that stuff's really neat um, um, and then puzzles what, what's what's the good puzzles i man, i hate puzzles <laughs> uh riven my answer is riven riven one of the coolest yeah. fucking games i've ever played uh, you know what game has the worst fucking puzzles? The hmm. Sierra Rama game. <laughs> uh, I, I bet. I remember like just like having like nightmares in Octal for like a week because of that fucking game. Uh, God, fuck. Um, see Clark. And then uh, for the question, is there a fundamental factor in these games that you would include that aren't these three things for a great point and click adventure game? Hmm. I specifically think it for me, it's the way in which 
Um, ideally, there should be a point where once you start pulling on the thread of the puzzles, you puzzles individually can be good, but it's when you start unraveling the puzzles and they kind of like all domino out. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking yeah. for like the, the aha and you just get the ball rolling. You're like, I'm solving all of these right the fuck now. Um, I love that feeling. That like that is like it, there is like that like you know um it's like the 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 sliding picture puzzles where like you get that one piece going and then every other thing just starts like collapsing in on itself. Um, once I had that going in in Monkey Two, uh, this is on this Let's Play. I was like, ah, yes, this is this is why the whole middle section actually does work despite how frustrating it is. Because once you start moving every one of those pieces into place when you're done, like once you've got it set up, like it really is satisfying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I agree with you on that, like fully. Uh, Faden writes in, what video game character should get their own revenge story? Um, like any video game characters? Any, any. LeChuck got his. Who's next? Wally. <laughs> Wally? <laughs> Why Wally? Wally Who's Wally? Wally revenge. The cartographer. In this game. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I, yeah, okay, yes. Yes, they got Yes. Yeah. That was a uh, joke. Uh, Fuck Wally. <laughs> He's a little weenie. Uh, the Arbiter. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Arbiter's Revenge. Let's fucking go. Man, why is Halo so bad? <laughs> <laughs> Arbiter Revenge quests? He's got a, he's got a cool... He's, Cooling up his homie, and uh, you're gonna call up revenge through some covenant. Some covenant guys betrayed him. I don't know. Yeah, uh, he's like, I got call my homie the Master Chief. Uh, yeah, two levels in, you call the fucking Master Chief, and he's like, I'll be there because we're home. <laughs> and he's the only human in the video game. Yes, only one. <laughs> yeah, it's so easy. Halo's the easiest thing in the world. What's wrong with them over there? Many things. Um. Who should get their own revenge story? That's a that's a good one. Um, I'm tempted to give like an odd, like a I feel like to me obvious answer, but I'm like I shouldn't do that. I should find something interesting and cool. Yeah, I'm like really struggling with this one. I guess I'll just rely on my obvious answers. Uh, you should, you should Bowser's revenge. Let's fucking go. Bowser game. Didn't we have that? Isn't that Bowser's inside story? Yeah. He's not really revenging. Okay. I mean, he's a little bit, but not in the way you, you want. Um, uh, bring back Trico from last guardian to get revenge. I don't know who Trico's revenge. Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Shadow, the hedgehog's revenge. If they made a Shadow the Hedgehog 2, I don't think that uh, I could contain myself for how cool that would be. I mean, they should make another Shadow the Hedgehog game. They should not make Shadow the Hedgehog 2. Well, it shouldn't be related to Shadow the Hedgehog 1, like story-wise, but they should call it Shadow the Hedgehog 2. No, no. You they don't think... call it Shadow the Colossus. The Shadow of the Colossus. And it's just building on the Frontiers boss fights, but with Shadow now? Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Done. Ship it. Do you have an answer, Dia, or should we move on? You know who should get their fucking revenge? Who? Ryo Hazuki. Yeah, let's fucking go. 
Shenmue 4, come on, let's happen. <laughs> uh, Tanner writes in, my first exposure to Monkey Island was playing in a school computer lab, because I guess the puzzles were considered educational. It is how I was also exposed to Age of Empires and Roller Coaster Tycoon. What loosely educational games did you first play in school? I think the only computer games that weren't straight up edutainment that my computer lab had were uh, Oregon Trail. Uh, Which still might arguably just be edutainment. I don't think I had anything loosely educational. I think, I mean, like, Rollercoast Tycoon 2 was a thing I had installed on some computers at school. Um, but that was it wasn't like I tricked, you know, I just was allowed to play them at lunch. Uh, I feel like I'm a little too late for, oh yeah, we put Monkey Island on the school. Yeah, you're a little late for this. I'm remembering like when I'm in high school, we're all playing Quake 3 because someone put Quake 3 on the T-Drive. <laughs> yeah, I, um, there was not like a computer lab at my school until I got to high school. They yeah. they, they were just getting a computer lab going, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, um, we put the uh, 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 Daikatana Deathmatch demo on our c drive in c plus plus class intro to programming um i failed that class <laughs> and that's that's why you're a games reviewer <laughs> yeah um but i made really beautiful uh sculptures with the proximity mines in the Death demo that would just break the server it's a good time uh spam writes in uh, came to Monkey Island as an adult, and I like it, but I don't really have the game playing vocabulary to be able to figure out some of the puzzles. You and Jackson Bolt. Um, <laughs> with, with part of Monkey Island's inspiration being the book On Stranger Tides, what book slash story would you love to see an adventure game draw inspiration from? Would you want a more serious game or a goofy one like the Monkey Island series? The first one that popped in my head was a Hobbit game with a kind of spooky uh, Rankin-Bass style. Spam wrote in and said uh, that actually uh, Bakshi version was meant to be in here. But I actually like the Rankin Bass one more personally, so I'm reading both. Thanks, Bam. Does anyone else here uh, have nine fingers in the Ring of Doom? <laughs> God. I mean, I would love, I would love a Dracula-style adventure game. I don't know what that looks like. I don't need it to just be an adaptation of Dracula, but I do want a bunch of like uptight motherfuckers trying to defeat an ancient evil. Um, yeah, why not? Yeah. This just reminded me of the Willow Capcom game. Have you, oh, have yeah. you ever fucked with that? The no, Kimura game? I, I like know of it and I've like seen some videos of it, but I've never actually played it. It's surprisingly good. Like that's 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 a surprising because Willow is not surprisingly good. Yeah. Willow is surprisingly bad. <laughs> I didn't grow up with Willow. I watched it in my twenties, I was like, what is this ripoff Lord of the Rings bullshit? Yeah. Ron Howard, many crimes to answer for, despite making Apollo 13. Uh, Ron I Howard, a friend who slept with another friend of mine specifically because he looked like Mad Mart again. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're not living that down. Uh, She's gay now. That was a bleep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe we'll live that down. Uh, incredible. Uh, I'll go with one of the um, uh, books we recently read for uh, Anomalous Readings, uh, which would be, uh, I want uh, the Demolish Man game. Which, you know what, I bet there are many uh, adventure games tapping into that vibe. Uh, Ooh. But, that would be good. 
just a lightly sci-fi hard-boiled uh vibe for my adventure game sounds good to me um what about uh detroit become human yeah not that one i was thinking i assume <laughs> like isn't it like what's the i swear there is a um what i game that's like a the sci-fi detective game but I haven't oh played. um yeah um i'm like that could totally be close to this i should probably try that one one day oh uh, what am i thinking of uh, gemini rue gemini rue that's the one yes gemini rue is all right no so i was thinking i was like you know if i like i really like what i want is like i want like alfred bester's like the demolished man like game and then i'm just like you know there's so many games that are that <laughs> yeah like, yes there's so I, many esper involved like telepathy like you know police procedural games and it, like but none of them really satisfy that itch. yeah we just played one it's called snatcher yeah agent norman jaden is absolutely a demolished man guy norman jaden norman jaden <laughs> the last thing that anyone had affection for from the david cage is norman jaden no, because I'm over here saying oh, I right. still like <laughs> Beyond Two Souls. I bet if you play it I now, understand. You He's a monster. I like that game a lot. No, I, I, you put um, uh, Fahrenheit on the list of adventure games that you were interested in us doing. Yes. And I was just like, I'd do that again. I'm never going to play it otherwise. So I've only seen the sex scene from Fahrenheit because my friend Charlie made me watch it. <laughs> the sex scene, which... There's a, Which I know, one? I think that's one from the late. Because I know that game has a famous sex scene. The, the black character will also put on Teddy Pettigrass and fuck his white girlfriend. Not that one. The one where the two okay. the main characters like in the their super desperate situation, like okay, just briefly pausing the plot. I'm being hunted oh, to fucking the subway right. or whatever yeah. it is they do. Um, but he was just showing me sex scenes because I saw that, and I he also loaded up the end of MGS3, and the only thing I remember is uh, Solid Snake fucking on a bear. Uh, so like. <laughs> Before I played um, Metal Gear in 2015, all I remembered was this the game where he fucks on a bear at some point. <laughs> um, was the only memory I had. Oh, my God. Uh, Mark writes in, The way Guybrush picks up everything that isn't nailed down and constantly distracts people so he can do things when they're not looking makes me think he'd be great at stealing f- at, from work. Uh, personally, I'm only okay at it. Um, do you have any good stealing from work stories? Well, thank you, officer. I will not be answering this question. <laughs> I genuinely haven't worked enough. enough Mark's, Mark's not a cop. I have not worked a job where I, I've, I did not have, I am not and did not have a stealing phase necessarily. But when I, I worked the job at the college and I had zero dollars, I definitely walked away with a bunch of food. I was supposed to be paying for with an employee discount. Um, yeah. I mean, all the furthest I've gone was like, I will be printing a lot. I printed out a lot of fucking shit at work, but I yeah. <laughs> for myself, uh, cause I'm not paying for printing ever. Um, yeah, we had a rule when I worked tech support that if something didn't actually have an asset tag on it, it didn't matter if it went disappear. If it disappeared, I mean that um, is correct. That is that's the point of an asset tag. If it doesn't yeah, have the tag, and, you can't tell. Um, let's just say, like I remember, I had like a twenty-two inch monitor when everyone else was like struggling to like you know, a twenty-two inch like LCD um, when everyone else was like struggling with like seventeen inch like CRT bullshits. Yep. Yeah, I've had this 27-inch uh, LCD since uh, 2012. I remember, you know, everyone was like, oh, you know, the Penny 3 is bullshit. You know, you should get the was it AMD Thunderbird. Maybe that know. was the process. Don't remember the era. Um, but I was just like, yeah, but see, mine was free from school. 
Um, James writes in, uh, asks if we developed preference for either the Sierra or LucasArts style adventure games. Hydrobomb coughing baby. Uh, as much as I like uh, Gabriel Knight, it's LucasArts all the way. Yeah, no, like, um, even like the absolute best Sierra games don't don't go up against like the mid tier LucasArts games. Uh, yeah. Uh, next question. Emrys writes in, uh, I mostly played Sierra games as a kid, and unfortunately I have to admit the LucasArts ones are mostly better. So do any Sierra games come close to LucasArts? Uh, my thought is some of the Quest for Glory games may get there, especially one and four. Quest for Glory one and four. Um, I like Quest for Glory three from what I remember. I have to go back to it and I will eventually go back to it. Um, uh, Conquest of the Longbow. Uh, the the Sierra Robin Hood game actually fucking slaps. Um, okay. Even though it's got like weird, like if you don't do X, Y, and Z, you know, you get the bad ending. It's got like multiple endings kind of shit going on that like are annoying because they're tied behind Sierra bullshit, not like mm. things that actually like you would do in your real life. Um, but like that, like Congress of the Longbow fucking slaps. Um, God, there's at least one of the Leisure Suit Larrys. I think it's the third one. Um, it's one of the Passionate Patty one. Um, I think that's it's like, actually no, I think it's like four or five. Um, and oh, EcoQuest, Search for Cetus. EcoQuest rips. Okay, yeah, I don't know anything about EcoQuest. EcoQuest two, I think, sucks, but EcoQuest one, like, fucking rips. I um I genuinely think Gabriel Knight, since the father, is one of the best video games ever made. Yeah, just straight up. Um, um, it is corny in many ways, but I think it's brilliant uh, most of the time. Uh, and most of its cor- corniest moments are charm points to me. Um, and Gabriel Knight two shaping up to be a worse game, but much more fun. <laughs> um, but um, I don't have that much experience with Sierra stuff. Uh. Like I've seen, I've seen a let's play a Phantasmagoria two, which is not anyone's best anything, but it is wild. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think, because like, like the there's some moments in the King's Quest games, but uh, no, uh, people really like King's Quest seven. That's the one that's very. Uh, it looks like a Disney cartoon. People like it was how it was described with the time. Um, the, this box art is like we did gender bent Aladdin fan art, basically. Um, I'm gonna seven? I'm gonna post it in the chat. Oh yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> this is this is this is uh yeah. Uh, oh, they really, like you, um... you, this is not like a little bit. Like this is the same <laughs> fucking picture. This is just, yeah. this is just the picture of Jafar. Yeah. 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 Um. Uh. People really liked that one. Um, and that one, I think, like, that one really does, like, dip into the way they change the interface and things like that. It become it feels much more like a um, LucasArts game. Um, uh, though I think Kings Quest 6 was, like, really kind of the apex of the, that franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, Kings Quest 6 was, like, a really beautiful game, except for the fact that, like, the main character looks like a like a fucking weirdo the entire time, and he's wearing this weird jacket. It's real. It's a real bad jacket. Um, I don't know why, but um, 
that one was the voice of Aladdin, if I remember correctly, that uh, played oh. the main character. Okay. Wasn't it Robbie? Robbie Benson was the voice of Aladdin, right? I or was do he not the know. beast? I'm not this kind of animation nerd, thank yeah. God. Um, oh, no, he was just the beast. Okay. Okay. Um, Rick writes in. I have a recurring video game thought of fighting a Dark Souls boss and the, and the phase changes and then no one sleeps in Tokyo starts playing for the second phase. Uh, off of that, what style or game would you like to switch the style or genre of music of? Um, I have had this thought for literally as long as I've been... Not as long, but Dark Souls and JRPGs in general um, should embrace just putting in some fucking riffs in their video games. I think that uh, Uematsu games should just license, uh, you know... The prog music he's ripping off. I think you're, you're stealing games. my answer, which is briefly when Stranger Paradise Final Fantasy Origin was announced, I was obsessed with the idea that they were going to just license classic like King Crimson and all the other prog rock things and just make a jukebox video game. And I need that so badly. Yeah. Uh, I think Dark Souls should have some like doom metal set going on. There was, there was a bit, uh, we were talking about this the other day. Um, when you go to the jukebox in Final Fantasy 16, um, and it's not on the first time, at the bottom it's just the sound of silence as like a selectable thing, and it just means in a jokey fashion, just the ambient noise of the room you're in. Um, and you were like, but what if they put the sound of silence in the video game? Didn't talk <laughs> um, but, but also like, it's some super fucked up dark stuff just happened to Clive or whatever, and then I come back and I check the thing, there's the sound of silence. Hello, just, darkness. <laughs> It yeah, would be so be good. Sick. And the thing it is, that's literally what putting my way in Stranger Paradise is in that game completely yes. pulls it off. Yeah. So yes. they should do this, actually. The thing, like, I remember, like, you know, um, when I first got Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball. And mm-hmm. the soundtrack for that is fucking ridiculous. Um, but I just remember being like, I'm like, why don't, like, why doesn't Cammy rock out to fucking, like, you know, bewitched before like during like you know a street fighter match like why don't we do this for all like all games should have like this is this what on this person's ipod at this point um because that's that's really what the the soundtrack for for extreme beach volleyball was like yeah i want to play that game i wish there was a way for me to play that easily i i am so upset that it's not backwards compatible like I was so hyped about getting an Xbox and being like, gonna fucking finally get to like go back to Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball, and it's just like, no, no, you're not. You're never gonna hear a Sting and Oswald while you shop for Blancmange at the gift shop on Jack Island ever again. Um, incredible. Uh, Clubbin with our final email. Um, was talking about play. Watch your LP of the EJ version, and then play two. Use the resident system. Was put was turning on the developer commentary, which I have not messed with. But every time I turned it on, it was always someone talking along lines of, "Why did we make this game so long?" <laughs> um, and talking about how insecure they must have been that the game was so fucking long. Um, or joking that our design philosophy is contempt for the gamer. Um, I feel, and so the questions are, I felt at certain points there was no other reason, no reason for the solution to be so obtuse and be frustrating. Uh, do you get this feeling compared to other adventure games you covered? Um, especially in comparison to Monkey Island 1, which I would, I would not say anything feels that much more obtuse than Monkey Island 1. No. Um, like, even, like, once I, you know, I, I feel like 
the sawing off the leg was like the thing that was the most obtuse to me, but that's because it was, I was operating in a mode where Guybrush was not, like I was remembering Guybrush from Monkey Island 1 who would not saw off a leg. Whereas there, there is the escalation. And I wasn't thinking in terms of the escalation there. Um, even though it's, it's, it's obvious, like playing the game, it is obvious that like, no, of course, saw the fucking leg off. Um, you have a saw for God's sakes. Um, use it on everything you can. Mm. Um, but like generally, like, I don't, I don't think either game was that like obtuse. Like, you know, every, every Sierra game is so much more obtuse than, you know, any of the LucasArts puzzles. Um, Even my complaints, they're not really like, this was obtuse. It's often like, I just did not understand the boundaries of interaction that I was working in was usually yes. the friction I found, which I guess is a form of obtuseness, but I think it's different to like genuine, like how was I meant to connect that? Like if I knew I could get in the window, I would have already gone in the window. It's stuff like that, which is, I just feel a slightly yes. different thing from obtuseness. Yeah. Like I think yes. the, th- like the thing that I brush up against the most was like, you know, there are a number of times where, you know, we wipe, we're in a new position, you know, we're in a new place throughout Monkey Island games. And there are instances where it's like, why didn't we just do this for this? Why are you making me walk all the way? I have to I have to change islands and then I have to go through like three rooms worth of like swamp to get back to here. Come on, let's just wipe and do it. Make it a narrative beat. Um, uh, my favorite one of those is when Guybrush shoots himself out of the cannon in Monkey Island 1 to get to the island and just cuts the next act title. I think that's like what genuinely like one of those brilliant cuts. It's so good. Game. Yeah. Uh, that, that's great because it's a great payoff to like the, the shooting out of the cannon with the guys in the circus. Yes. Um, just, just good solid writing. Um, and then Clubin's other question, uh, we probably covered them, but any moment particularly that sticks out to you that hasn't been mentioned before, Clubin shouts out the good one where you resurrect the guy who blew himself up in the food stand and he immediately goes, oh, that was a close one. I nearly died. And then you have to tell him that, in fact, he did <laughs> die. So good. <laughs> Oh, I like that. that right. I like that part where he's like, "Can you, can you, you know, I worry that I turn the gas, like, let the gas on." <laughs> yes. And then you go to the kid, and it's like the gas is. is so fully on. It's like yes. It's like, it's like, where is this gas coming from, and who is paying for it? Um, the one I liked of those is in the in the library. Anytime you examine something, Guybrush's like narrative of like, "Oh, this is blah blah blah." The the lady's like, "Shh." <laughs> like he diegetically is talking aloud about the things he looks at, uh, that, which is very funny to me. That, is, that, is, that is the thing I did love. I, I mentioned, I mentioned it like, you know, um, the wood, the wood shop, uh, you know, every time you look at something, the, like the, the, the wood, the wood carver is just like, no, it's mine. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> and it's just like, damn man, I was just like commenting on your bench. It's nice. Um, but I do, I do love how LucasArts games really invest in that. The, the, that like the character is saying these things and like the commentary is not quiet. It is, it is said aloud in all of these entrances. Um, and like, if there are other people in the room, they will remark on it. Mm-hmm. All right. That's everything. Again, uh, abnormal. I just wanted to briefly mention something from the email that wasn't part of the question. 
Oh yeah, sure. Which was talking about like the part where like why did it make the game long? And it reminded me of I did go check out uh, some like of the context from the time, and I have to, I just have to share this thing that Ron Gilbert wrote in '89, which is like an arrow through time and how correct and prescient it is, uh, in a very depressing way. He goes, um, blah, blah, blah. If I could change the world, there are a few things I have to do. And quite frankly, none of them have to do with anything to do with computers or games. But since this article is about games, uh, he has a brief paragraph about how the first thing he would do to change adventure games is get rid of save games uh, completely uh, so that games could be like played through in one sitting uh, and you could design knowing that they wouldn't forget things. You wouldn't have to remind things uh, and... Uh, that you would you know you would get through it quick enough that that wouldn't be a, like an issue, uh, which released the second point, which is the actual paragraph I want to read. Uh, the second thing I would change would be the price for forty uh, to and fifty dollars a video game. People expect a lot of play for their money. This rarely leads to huge deep games, but rather time wasting puzzles and mazes. If the designer ever thinks a game might be too short, he throws in another puzzle or two. These also tend to be the worst thought out or most painful to solve. If I could have my way, I designed games that were meant to be played in four to five hours. These games would be of the same scope that I currently design i just remove the time wasting shit and take the player for an intense ride the experience they would leave with would be much more entertaining and a lot less frustrating the games would still be challenging but not at the expense of uh players patience um and i'm like damn it did not go that way for history did it <laughs> did it then? No, really um what's also funny about that is so my let's play is six and a half hours and that was mm. with me being me, just like lost yeah. and baffled for a couple like a good like you know, 20 minutes here and there. So he kind of, like, at least he accomplished it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm like, Return to Monk Island is not a bigger game, particularly than Luchuk's Revenge. It is very similarly sized. Um, yeah, I'm very interested to play that one. I would love to see how, like, that feels so many years on. Yeah. Yeah, as I'm interested in the next month doing uh, Curse of Monkey Island and seeing, because I have memories of that game, because that was, like, I think my parents went through a big divorce and we moved and I changed schools and that game came out right then. And I was just like, I'm just playing this and everyone can just fuck off. I'm not, I'm not hearing anyone. Um, and like, so it like knowing it wasn't a Ron Gilbert game and there was a whole bunch of like, kind of like, Oh, fuck that game, blah, 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 blah. Ron Gilbert, Ron Gilbert for life, you know, shit. Um, but like, that was where we get like, you know, the original voices for monkey Island and shit like that. Uh, I remember really liking Curse. I think yeah, it looks great. I, I I do too, and I remember it looking. I remember like just being visually blown away by it um, at the time. Um, but I don't remember the length of it at all. Like I, yeah, me either. I remember that first kind of island, and I remember like the first puzzle, and I remember like you know the barbershop puzzle and like the the rubber the rubber tree. Uh, Are you going to play the Telltale one? I haven't decided yet. Um, I'm doing the first okay. three and then I'm going to take a break and go play some other games because otherwise I'll get yes. burned out on Monkey Island. But uh, I played the first chapter of uh, Tales, like the first episode or whatever, and then never went back to it because I just remember thinking it was agonizingly slow. Um, but I'd be curious to see the rest of that. Yeah, I wasn't like I was never I was never super into the Telltale games. Like I just I just I found them I found them slow and plotting. Um most of the time so uh, we'll see uh yeah uh there's telltale games i like uh that just does not seem like a strong one to me um i know i did i did play on the playstation 2 uh whatever the fuck that monkey island was 
Oh, the fourth one? The fourth one. Yeah, I got it for like six bucks at the campus GameSpot and was just like, you know what? Fuck it. They'll give it a shot. And I got like... Escape half- from Monkey Island is yeah, that one. I got like halfway through it and it was just miserable. Uh, I just remember that game being intensely ugly. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, all right. Uh, again, if you want to send emails, abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com. Next month, as advertised, we will be talking about Final Fantasy 16, the new game from Square Enix, the new game in the Final Fantasy franchise. Uh, we can announce we are going to be joined by Austin Walker, who is on for our 7 Remake episode, uh, to once again weigh in on modern Final Fantasy, where the fuck that's at. <laughs> who can say? I'm halfway through. You're like a little bit uh, in. We'll figure it out next month. You say a little bit in as if I haven't played like eight hours of that video game. Or whatever. It's a pretty long video game. <laughs> and most um, of those were cutscenes. Let's be honest with ourselves. Here. I mean, to be fair, I don't think that's going to change. I bet most of the game's fucking cutscenes. It does open up a bit, but yes. Okay. But uh, it will be, depending on how many side quests you do, we'll defend in the ratio here. I've already looked at some side quests and go, nah, I'm I'm keep going. Okay. Do I the mean, ones with the plus sign. Yoshida does Yes, I know to his, do the ones with the plus sign. His cutscenes. Uh, there's a lot of fucking cutscenes. When um, you when you DM'd me the other day, Jackson was just like, "Dear, are you are you going to play Final Fantasy 16?" And like for a second there, I had this like horrible like, "Oh God, did Austin back out?" And now they're asking. No, me no, 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 no. I can't do it. I can't fucking do it. And like I was just no. like, "Please don't, please don't ask me to be the." I would, no, I would never. It would just been the two of us. Yes, no, because um, we can, we both can, will, and are always talking about Final Fantasy on the podcast anyway. That actually why Austin will be there because we had the conversations with us two about Final Fantasy so much that it'd be a worse podcast with just us two that we could do it <laughs> at any time god so look forward to that uh, that'll be at the end of the next month because uh, I'm going to play the game at a reasonable pace and not like Jackson so here's do you know here's the worst part and this isn't even anything to do with Final Fantasy this is purely because of how I've lived my life I'm genuinely thinking wow when I'm done with Final Fantasy I can get back to Diablo 4 <laughs> Oh, nightmare. God, that's that's tragic. What's happened? You to me? you have plans to play Diablo with some homies, though. So. Yes, it's yeah, because I want to play is... with it's because I want to get in uh, a clan and uh, play with Molly. You guys can yeah. join my clan. We're, um, it's, we're its eighth leg. Uh, our, our clan will not be called that. You can join. You can rejoin. How, how big is your clan? It's me and Alexis. On. <laughs> OK, well, I, I, we're, the I'm only, not gonna, we're the only true stands of Wurt's leg. I don't know if I can say the name of our clan. I don't want us to, to blow, blow up our spot, but uh, no, don't blow up your our, spot. our homies will know what our clan will be called. There is no other alternative, unfortunately. Uh, but anyway, no, thank you so much for coming through. Hopefully while you're all playing Final Fantasy 16, I will be playing uh, Armored Core Sex. No. Cross your fingers. That's, that's August. That's August? Oh, wait, yeah, you're going to do this in July. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God, we have to finish this podcast. Stop it, both of you. No. Dia, where can people find you? You can find me, Dia Lucina, on Twitter, on Blue Sky, on Co-Host, and Patreon. People should pledge your Patreon. They should, because that's the only way you're going to see Look, uh, Monkey Island 2. Yeah. Jackson, plugs. Uh, Heffles off on Twitter.com and Blue Sky and Co-Host. You mostly use Twitter, but I will go wherever the wind blows. Um... 
You can find the podcast we do at Abnormal. What was that? A funny no, way to phrase? I, I just can't believe that people are actually plugging their blue skies like it's a real website. It's not. It's not I have a real one. website. I'll yeah. do it too because I'm a joiner, uh, not a leader. But Look, it's I, more uh, of a real website than co-host is to me. Oh, fair enough. I mean, I agree with that. I don't post on co-host at all. But I wasn't advertising co-host either. Co-host has more homies on it, so I, you know. It, but that's, uh, it's only more of a real website if you're in the very small sphere of exactly like Waypoint adjacent games people. <laughs> um, that's true. But anyway, uh, podcasts at normalmapping.com, whole bunch of cool podcasts. Go listen to them. Or also, I have one podcast on Expo or Dio. Uh, do anomalous readings with Nora. That's a great podcast. We just did you Hyperion. put an episode of Hyperion. Yeah, I'm reading yeah. Hyperion. It's really fucking good. Good so book. Far, good so. book. Good episode. Very proud of that episode. Uh, yeah. plugging that podcast a bit more because i just really want people to fucking listen to it. i think it's a great show we do yeah uh it's really dumb sometimes and i mean that in the best way the sci-fi, hey, sci-fi classically books. is dumb <laughs> uh yes um anyway if you'd like to support our shows well one i guess first off you can follow me on twitter at em underscore being i'm pretty sure that's my blue sky also but you know whatever um if you'd like to support our shows, you can do that Patreon and comment session on mapping for $1 a month. You get the great Gundam project. We're done with fucking Gundam seed. So we're going to be watching mobile suit Gundam MS Igloo, uh, which is a bunch of CG OVAs from the aughts about Xeon secret weapons development. It's really dumb. I'm really excited to talk about it. Um, for $5, you get blockbusters. We recently did an episode on what was the last movie we did Paddington. And we're going to do quiz show uh, coming up soon here. Uh, and for $10, you get VoIP life. Uh, our most recent episode, which came out a couple of days ago, we had Danica on um, of uh, Death by Online and formerly Waypoint fame uh, to talk about being online and how it makes you want to die, basically, <laughs> as advertised. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you wanted to support the show, that's great. Uh, if you like this podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, retweet the posts. If you're on co-host or whatever, uh, something other than Instagram, do people promote things on Instagram? I don't know. Tell people about it on Instagram. I'm not posting on Instagram to save my life. But you can, and I'd appreciate it. Um, you should check out me and Dia uh, playing Gabriel Knight 2 over at YouTube.com slash Dia Lucina. Slash at Dialacina. At Dialacina. Oh, right. That's what at. YouTube does for some fucking Stupid. reason. Um, that uh, is great. And I'm glad your computer's fixed so we can play some fucking Gabriel Knight 2. Hell yeah. Tomorrow, baby. Yeah. I'm excited. We need to get uh, Gabe unstuck from the stairs that we can't escape. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yes. I got, I, during Monkey Island 2, I got stuck in the coffin room. Um, oh no and i was like oh god it's happening again it's fucking happening again and i haven't saved i've just been playing this game are you fucking kidding me um and then i actually like was able to save and quit out and come back and it worked again i was like thank god but yeah but thank you for reminding me that i have to go and replay gabriel knight to get to that point for tomorrow. all right that's everything we'll see you next month uh thanks so much for listening uh i don't have an outro this podcast is not an outro someone save me i'm drowning bye Bye. podcast over